Let me just record real quick. Yo, thank you so much for making the time to do this, bro. I really appreciate it. Oh, I just cut out again. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. Okay, sweet. Yeah, thank you so much for making the time to do this, bro. I really appreciate it. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. This is my first uh, other side of the the mic here. First time being a guest? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Okay, well, let me introduce you real quick. Uh, How do you pronounce your last name? Oi. Oi. All right. Yeah. All right. We have today Colton Oi, who is an actor based in LA, content creator. He has a podcast called The Come Up with a K and also mm-hmm. fitness trainer. It looks like by stalking your Instagram. Yep. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Just happened. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that new being a fitness trainer? <clears throat> um, yes and no. Being in fitness is not new at all, but actually being employed as a trainer. Yeah. It just happened about a month ago. Oh, nice. Uh, need that job uh, to support yourself out here as well and coming out of COVID I didn't really want to be back in restaurants so I was like well I've been contemplating this for a couple of years now let's just do it so yeah training at F45 West Hollywood Studio City what's up come come train with me if you're (laughs) looking to get fit yeah I uh I actually I actually might because I'm moving to LA in uh I think a little under over a week now yeah June July July 1st yeah July under a week yeah you excited uh, I am. I'm kind of nervous, too, because I'm uh, a little about me is I'm trying to be a director, but mm-hmm. I also want to start like a business completely unrelated to directing, not like a yeah, yeah. company. Um, and so I'm trying to figure out that balance because I graduated um, last year from from university. And uh, I remember actually in one of your podcasts, you were saying how you don't want to get like a real job when you were talking about like being like a waiter because you felt like it would distract you from uh focusing on the acting thing yeah yeah Yeah. absolutely um i think that's real and i still think about that now honestly because i like training more than i like serving (laughs) already it's like (laughs) damn i really i want to be good at shit is really kind of the premise of it and if i like it i'm gonna want to be good at it if i don't like it then Mm -hmm. like serving which i love the people there the other staff which makes it fun but Dealing with people who can be rude kind of on a regular basis, obviously, isn't the most enjoyable work setting. But the whole point there was kind of, and I think I was speaking with Adam, who we yeah, worked there together. That, yeah, 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 yeah. Because we're coworkers. Yeah, and it just, it pushes you for like something like acting. I'm kind of blabbling here, but. No, no, no. It pushes you to work harder on the things that you actually do want to do if you're working a job that you don't want to do is what we were kind of talking about. And I really believe that. Uh, And I think it worked for me there because it made me, yeah, want to get into the studio, want to take classes. Um, Every time I worked, it was like if you had a bad shift or just like, you know, dealing with unpleasant people, you're just like, damn, I got to get out of here and make this other thing work so it kind of just motivates you more um it might not be best for your happiness in the short term that's for sure <laughs> well i remember uh casey neistat said something like it was like the fastest way to find out what your passion really is is do something that you hate and you'll find yourself yeah. daydreaming about what you really want to be doing that whole time i love that yeah i hadn't heard that before but that's i would agree with that 100 percent uh 100%. also random by the way how is your camera set up so crisp like what are you what are you doing over there? That's- I don't know. I was looking at that too. I'm just on uh regular whatever the the link popped up here. Uh, is you using like a laptop camera? Yeah, yeah. I'm on my Mac. Oh, I guess you have really good lighting or something. 
Yeah, I, I do have my, these big windows here, which does oh. work. Well. I was going to set up because I do have like a little ring light. Uh, I, I have a little light like, set up here too, and it's it's not doing anything. It's not doing anything. <laughs> no. oh, you look fine. You look Thanks, fine. Man. So you got things in your background. All my shit's like just blank gray background. <laughs> no, but here. the little lamp just adds a lot. It's very like <laughs> modern. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice lamp. But uh. But yeah, I was going to ask, um, do you feel like now that you're doing fitness, do you, do you feel almost distracted from acting? I already do feel, because fitness has been a passion of mine. Um, if you've known me like my whole life, you probably knew I was into that way longer and before acting. Because I was doing like fitness videos. Honestly, the, what I was doing was like TikTok-ish before TikTok. So mm. I'm just kicking myself like I should have jumped all over TikTok right away because I was doing just like short fitness clips on Instagram uh, like three or four years ago and using InShot, which I think a lot of people use to edit TikTok videos. So I, was, I don't know. Off topic there, but you still yeah. can, by the way, you can still jump on TikTok. It's not. Too yeah, late. I've thought of it. I tried. I was doing it for a little bit, but I just I lose the drive for it i guess when because I, I got a, other things going on and then i just end up slipping and then it's like well i'd rather do these other things yeah. but um i did think in my head for a long time like i had to choose fitness or acting i didn't really see them together working together so because a couple of years ago i was lifting a lot which i still do but i was thinking about maybe even trying to do like bodybuilding competitions i've had some friends do that um, and I would do workouts from bodybuilders. So like that was kind of the training I was doing and I was trying to get bigger at points here and there. And, um, right before I moved out here, actually, I was like kind of going back and forth. Like, should I do the move or should I just kind of stick with fitness and try to do like a fitness content creator type deal? Um, Christian Guzman shit, you know, <laughs> alpha fitness or alpha elite. Um, but and I was like, no, let's stick with the acting. That's kind of what I've been thinking about because I've been trying to come out here for a couple of years before I actually came out here. And yeah, I, I felt like I had to choose one or the other, but it just kind of clicked with me a few months ago. Like, why, why can't I just do both? Like, if you, if I build a reputation here, oh, my Siri's jumping on here. Leave me alone, Siri. <laughs> it's popping up in the corner here. But if you, if I built like a reputation here as a good trainer, you know, uh, meet cool people and then I'm fit or I stay fit because I'm working out myself. I'm just around that environment. Um, like that can also happen while I'm still, you know, taking classes and getting better as an actor and doing any auditions that come. Um, and then if one doesn't work out and the other one does, then great. If they both work out, then great. Or they could even like feed off each other if maybe say, you know, I'm God damn it, Siri. Does it keep popping up? Yeah, it keeps popping up. <laughs> I'm not even saying her name. <laughs> um, kind of lost my train of thought there. Oh, but I was going to say, I think is like, if I was a successful trainer or just whatever, some people knew me as a trainer and I was just averagely successful as a trainer and just doing it as the job to make money while trying to become an actor. And then I become a successful actor. Well, then, you know, maybe I have a little bit of weight to my name and then I can open up my own gym. And then, you know, make that a cool gym for actors or anyone who wanted to come by. But I don't know. It just kind of clicked with me like, yeah, these could actually work together. And I don't know why I've been so I have to choose one or the other this last yeah. couple of years. So because I also, you know, you kind of contradicting what we were saying first is like, I do want to have a job that I like because acting could take, you know, some people never make it. 
could take a long time. So yeah. I wanted to do something I did enjoy at least a little bit uh, while I'm while I'm working on that. Because yeah, I never know how long that could take, really. It could take a long time. Um, yeah. Or you could pop off next week. Who knows? Really could. That's the crazy thing. It's really crazy. You could get that audition tomorrow that is just perfect for you and you kill it and then your whole life could be changed. That's yeah. what's crazy too. Um, that's kind of what happened to Adam or at least what I've seen from him, which was really cool to see happen to somebody just because, you know, like, you know, someone in my position, I think, okay, I think that's possible. I think it's possible to have a role that, you know, you were sort of an unheard of actor. Um, he had done work more than I had at this point. Um, that I didn't know a ton about, but I would see here and there, we'd talk at the restaurant and things, and he did some other films I know. And, um, but it wasn't like, obviously he had a big name yet and he got picked up on the show and it just put him on right now. And to see that happen, I guess is awesome. Um, Cause that's what we're all trying to do out here. <laughs> yeah, and you I mean, hear how tough it is. You hear how unlikely it is. You get rejected here and there, not even here and there everywhere. And then <laughs> you hear about stories of, oh, so-and-so my friend's been out here for 20 years has still never made it. They're like 40 or 50 years old. Um, kind of all that stuff. So then to see what you think is possible to actually happen to somebody, especially for me, somebody I know and um, really appreciate. It. And a friend of mine is really, really cool to see. And it also makes you aware of like, if that were to happen to you even more, what, what would that maybe be like? Because it just makes you think like that, like, damn. What do you mean? Um, I mean by the attention of it. So say like right now I'm putting out all this content, all these videos and a couple hundred people see it, you know, give or take, maybe even just a hundred or maybe even less sometimes or up to 500, whatever. And then next week, a couple hundred thousand people are seeing it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what are you putting out there? And what are you going to be seen doing if that were to happen to you? You know, this, it just made, it just made me think at least like, okay, you know, if that were to happen to me, you know, what would that be like for me? What would I want out there? Um, yeah, I guess that whole thing. And there's nothing that I had or have that I wouldn't, but it just made me think, I just hadn't thought about that before because I hadn't seen that so closely or happened to somebody right so like now whenever you make put out a piece of content you're like this potentially could be seen by like a lot of people down uh, the line. um i guess no it hasn't changed how i think about putting anything out i guess it's just a thought in my head that that hadn't come across my head before of gotcha. like wow a lot of people could just see whatever it is i'm putting out if something like that were to happen to me or for anybody else like whatever's on their page and then all of a sudden you know a couple hundred people you gain a couple hundred thousand followers from some big thing you've done um yeah all, all of your stuff is just gone gone from anonymous to not anymore yeah well i don't know just an interesting thought i guess yeah i mean i'm sure being that close to someone that like just kind of became got like a really successful role and a lot mm -hmm. of um a lot of attention from it puts in a different perspective than just like hearing about it happening and i was, I was gonna ask yeah. you is is adam getting more work now because of that or is it now that he's working more in egypt because i know that he's he basically did something that was really big in egypt right like no mm -hmm. one here knows about it um see so yeah, we're not like super super tight by any means um i would love to see him more um but we're not like regularly talking we would see each other regularly when we were working together uh before covid but 
So to answer your question, I guess I don't really know. I would imagine he's getting opportunities for sure. Yeah. Uh, because of how big it, it seems to be over there. Um, they might be dominantly over there than over here. But I did see, I think he was on, I think he posted one of the, like NCIS or, or uh, one of those crime shows, you know, where it's a, a lot of young actors will kind of get, you know, a guest episode on one of those or something to build their career. And I think I did see, I think he got a spot on there. And then other than that, I guess I'm not really sure, but I would imagine in Egypt, he's getting a lot of opportunity, but again, I can't really yeah, say that, that for sense. sure either. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's another part of your question that I'm forgetting already. Uh, I kind of forgot too, but I feel like you just <laughs> answered it. <laughs> well, yeah, he, uh, uh, he, he's, I don't know. It looks like he's killing it. I mean, I haven't spoken to him, honestly, since the day we recorded very much. Yeah. Or a little bit. A little bit. He was going to come back. What the hell, Adam? <laughs> no, he was going to come back, but I know he's got to be crazy he's busy right busy. now. Yeah. Oh, what I was going to say is he uh, he told me in the interview when, or on, on my episode with him that he thought that the show was going to be out on Netflix in America, which I believe he was talking about Newton's Cradle, but I haven't seen it. So I, I do believe fan wise or maybe just recognition wise is probably way heavier over there. Oh, most here. definitely. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. And like, he, sorry, keep going. No, no, no. I was just going to say the only way I, I even found out about him was because my cousins, like I was telling you over, over text, yep. my cousins were, were like telling me like, oh, he talks the same way in Arabic that you do. That's the only, and I was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. See, ex explain that to me. Is there, is there like a English or American dialect or like something different? Yeah. So, so I, I was born in Egypt and Arabic was technically my first language, but since I was here since three, I speak English way better. Okay. Um, and so a lot of times I'll pronounce Arabic words with an English accent or an American accent because okay. there's stuff like, um, so there, there's, there's words where like, like in English, there's only like the K sound, right? Like Colton, right? Yep. But yeah. in Arabic, there's there's another sound where it's like it's like deeper. It's like it's like call like call more in your throat. Yeah, like call hira, which means kind yeah. Um, but a lot of times I'll just pronounce that with like the American K, like for example, like as an example. So instead of like call hira, it's it, I just say ka ka hira, which like as okay. soon as I say that, everyone knows like. Dude, you're, you're, you're. <laughs> so is that is that noticeable in the way he speaks Arabic? Oh yeah, yeah. I think is it. So his uh. His Arabic seems like it improved. I haven't, like I said, I haven't really followed him that much because yeah. I only like watched a couple of like his interviews and then I like went and then saw your podcast. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I haven't actually watched Newton's Cradle. I've been, it's been on the bucket list actually of things yeah. to, to watch. But based off of like the couple interviews that I saw, like his Arabic improved a lot. I'm sure because he had to speak it a lot. Uh, but you can yeah. definitely tell. And Egyptians are weirdly good at knowing if you're not from there. Like if you don't live there, like I remember I visited a couple of years back and I was just buying like a bag of chips. Right. And I said in Arabic and I thought I was like undercover and uh, immediately like, hey. before, he even, yeah, before he even gives me the bag of chips, he's like, where are you from? I'm like, what do you mean? I'm from here. He's like, no, you're not. Where are you from? I'm like, all right, you that's got funny. me from California. Uh, I guess that makes sense. Cause that's like North and South, like Minnesota uh, accents, um, Southern accents, Boston accents you guys Americans could break yeah oh for sure for sure you could i'm sure you would too you know what like a boston accent isn't is right yeah or like yeah. a minnesota accent or if you hear someone like a southern draw like yeah you know okay you're not from this area if it's a different area 
than, uh, than yeah, expected. That's, that's true. And I think also because Arabic's like, it's a very difficult language. So like, if you're not constantly speaking it, you're just like, kind of, mm-hmm. you're kind of, uh, you forget. Kinda, yeah. You, for, you forget a little bit. And it's also like, I I'll find I'll be translating literally sometimes. So like the grammatical structure isn't, mm-hmm. isn't the same as English, but I'll say things like the way I would normally in English. Yeah. But when it translates to Arabic, it's like the words are like misplaced. Does that make sense? Sort of. Yeah. Cause I speak Spanish very roughly. I'd like to be fluent, but so I can kind of get that. Yeah. How things are just in different order. And I remember exactly. actually I had a gym teacher when I was in elementary school, like really young. And I didn't even remember this until, cause I, I seen a bunch of people commenting on, on my episode with Adam in Arabic. So obviously I can't read it, but <laughs> so I was just looking at the language and, and translating things. And um, it just reminded me of this teacher I had who, who was actually in Afghanistan as a soldier. I don't know which branch he was in but then he came back to teach and he would write arabic at the end of class every day and that's what reminded me like oh you guys go right to left right yeah you read right yeah, to yeah. Left. yeah absolutely yeah and he would just teach us little things and little words and yeah about the language and i don't know really interesting i like other languages i really want to know spanish i want to be fluent in spanish but i took it in school and i sucked at it in class <laughs> uh, but then i just i have used this app called duolingo which Dude, actually, that app is so aggressive bro yeah it's so aggressive it makes you feel like it's gonna kick in the door and beat you up if you don't learn the, the like new duolingo. Yeah. <laughs> i think duolingo helped me more than any other teacher any spanish teacher i've ever had yeah oh that's actually funny i in college <laughs> i took spanish and first spanish one was which I took two years of Spanish in high school, but I took them freshman, sophomore year, and then I didn't take any junior or senior year. So by the time I got to college, it was like nothing. I didn't do anything basically. And so I started over again because you tested into like what level you were at. I started over again, basically at Spanish one, you know, take three levels of it. And I just like struggled so hard through Spanish two. That by, the time, by the time I got to Spanish three, <laughs> I was going in to uh, get like extra lessons all the time and i think she literally asked me once like how did you get through spanish too like, how did you pass because i think i got like a b minus i don't know i was struggling in, in the third level she's yeah, like you what were, the she hell? said that you were struggling you were yeah, she's like who was your teacher like, i don't know i just i don't know figured it out somehow because i definitely didn't know what you were saying i just did good enough i guess but yeah, that's I, funny i'd wish that my parents had signed me up um in elementary school for like do um they called it in my school like dual immersion or something yeah. like that where like you just grew up sp- like having like a spanish teacher in addition mm. to like an english teacher um so you'd basically really be speaking cool. english from like elementary school yeah so like all the kids that did it were like super fluent as if like they'd grown up in like a spanish-speaking like household yeah absolutely i would i would have loved that as well as a kid here's the thing as a kid i, I don't know i probably would have been like are you swearing on here i guess i should ask that off the bat oh you cussing on here you can swear i, I don't okay. you can swear if you want to yeah. okay i was about to and i was like Shh. I was just about to <laughs> stop myself. I was like, I don't know if he wants that. But as a kid, I might have just been like, fuck that. I don't want to do extra work. But now I'd, it, I would love that now if that had happened to me. But it's weird like that. I'm sure you, you've thought those things. I don't know how old you are, but things you wouldn't have liked to do or wanted to do as a kid. And then you grow up and you think, actually, that'd be really cool. Dude, um, so many things like my my parents had signed me up for this. Uh, like 
it was like UC math or something like that. And I always thought yeah. it was called UC math because my parents would always say it with their Egyptian accent. And so <laughs> <laughs> and only recently I found out it was actually called UC math. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that makes so much more sense because they were teaching you how to use like an abacus, basically, like the old school little calculator. Okay. Um, and apparently if you get really good at that, you can you like could do like crazy calculations in your head because you just visualize the abacus and you do like and mm-hmm. you, you pull out just like crazy numbers just super quick right but as a kid i didn't want to do that i just wanted to go back home and like play on my like playstation 2 absolutely yeah. absolutely did you, did you think it was like a mask you think it was like theater or something for oh you see mass yeah i thought it had something or did you say do you say mask or mass mass like m-a-s m-a-s okay, okay. because uh, yeah, so you um, thought it was like religious yeah i didn't know what it was <laughs> <laughs> i was like why is it called mass like why are we we're doing like math why is it not just called math it's like a missed yeah. opportunity um and it's so confusing the, the th the th sound is mm-hmm. pronounced like with as in like an s in egyptians which also doesn't okay. make sense because like the th sound is in arabic they just don't pronounce it they just don't uh, pronounce it no it's in like proper arabic but like egyptian arabic they just like completely forget about it so what do you pronounce an s with are they just both this sound? it's both yeah so it's like for They're instance both like, like the word thawra means like protest um or um and everyone just says thawra so like when I was like in because e- I went to Egypt when they were overthrowing President Morsi. Um, mm-hmm. And so that word was used a lot and everyone was saying Saura, Saura. And then I was on uh, I was watching like TV and on TV, they, they speak very like proper formal Arabic. Um, mm-hmm. And they, they said Taura. And I'm like, yo, they said that wrong. And they're like, no, 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 we're saying it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, Languages. yeah, dude, it's, it's crazy. Arabic is weird, too, because like. Um, there's so many different, every single country, Arabic speaking country has a different dialect. And okay. some of them are like, like Moroccan, for instance, is technically Arabic, but like it's got like um, uh, French and English like mixed in there, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Cause I was talking to this one Moroccan girl and she was saying like, yeah, I would understand Arabic, French and English uh, because mm-hmm. the language has all of them, but like mm-hmm. no one else is going to understand Moroccan. I was like, that's kind of unfair, but more power to you. <laughs> Oh, uh, because she basically gets like three for the price of one. Is basically yeah. There. Man, I went. To, I did a semester abroad in college, and everyone in Europe usually spoke their native language and English, and that was like the most dramatic, <laughs> just realization. Like, damn, like it language wise, like America is just behind. Yeah, it, it is. It's like we should. No one even considers really, unless you are just kind of. It seems like bilingual by your family. Um, yeah. Like, no one's really intentionally, kind of like you're saying, as a kid, also taking Spanish class. I'm sure people are, but not not as popular. Like, everyone there knew English and whatever their language was. Most yeah. people. I guess in Rome, not so much. We had some struggles in Rome. But <laughs> everywhere else, everywhere else, everyone knew it. And it was like, it was just a big realization. Like, hmm, we should be putting more emphasis, I thought, on language in the U.S. But is what it is i guess right now yeah i guess it's maybe because it's like everyone feels like they need to learn english because of how popular it is but because you already speak english you're like we got it everyone knows yeah i get that 100 i think that's definitely the reason too but it just makes you i don't know i think it's one it's cool learning being bilingual and i don't know if it's i don't know what it is about it it just seems like we should be trying i guess to learn some other languages a little a little harder than we <laughs> yeah. are you take like two years two semester or trimesters whatever it is whatever two years of, of spanish or, or another language in high school and it's like i don't know 
yeah it, it's not even like that it's like, not much it's not taking that seriously either in those no classes. not at all yeah and that that and like recently i've been thinking how cool chemistry is and as a kid i would never i hated chemistry chemistry was my worst class in high school but just thinking of it now like things are reacting with each other and like just almost like magic like you just put these liquids together and some like foam shit pops up or something it is it is kind of like magic actually now that you yeah that. it's like that's cool why didn't i think that was cool when i was younger i don't know i don't know if it was completely your fault though because i feel like our education system has a great way of making things suck that like are boring normal. yeah like like <laughs> like i i love to read right but for some reason whenever yeah. they assigned it in class i would hate it because like someone was going to tell me how to do it and then they yeah. like analyze it just like way too much um and like math for instance like there's a lot of really cool things that you could do with math that they just never talk about they just teach you the formulas and then they don't teach you how like they got to how they even discovered the formulas and like why things work um Mm -hmm. and i remember i was looking at this book that was talking about like the origins of math and everything and like how like like they were basically making it like very visual and showing it to like very like like back to like basics like basics of like life that like makes sense to like everyone um Mm -hmm. Just like cool little stuff like that that they just never cover in our curriculums. It was just very much like just memorization, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I I got no answers for the education, <laughs> but uh, we're going to solve the education system on here. Right. right yeah. Now. Right now. I, yeah. <laughs> I could talk shit about it, but I don't have answers for what should change. The one thing I do think should change is financial education that's what i went to school for in college completely unrelated to acting but just general basic like financial education is not talked about like at all it's like everyone has to do that you went to school for finance in college i did yeah so a bachelor's in finance but um which i'm glad i did absolutely because it has made me even after school like specifically one class i had an investments class my last semester And it was just all investing and we did like an investing competition and this or that. And so I started trading on this thing and I love trading. I do that myself um, when I can and when I have the money for it. But uh, like if I was never in those programs, just as because I started out as an accounting major and then switched to a finance major. I don't like I don't know. I wouldn't I don't think I would have that knowledge, obviously, because I didn't go to school for it and and just taxes like i had a tax class i'll be honest i do not remember how to do my own taxes exactly (laughs) from the class (laughs) but uh everyone should we should have classes on that shit i don't know because you have to do it like by law it seems weird that it's not taught just like commonly yeah when's the last time you use like sine and cosine and when's the last time you had to file yeah never never yeah so what was what was the um the thought process like after you graduated college how long I don't know how long has it been since you graduated college two years two and a half years I think okay so you're what like 24 25 just just turned 25 yeah okay happy birthday just turned had two COVID birthdays bro (laughs) yeah dude that's yeah that's that's crazy I went yeah I went into COVID 21 and I'm coming out 23 is that crazy yeah it's it feels like two years it just gone COVID, yeah some people crazy. are like our youth is being robbed from us and I'm like that's a very pessimist like it's true but it's a pessimistic way of looking at it i don't know i think there is cool stuff to come out of it too like just how it made everything kind of slow down but absolutely time, um but but i was gonna say yeah so when you came out of it um 
were you tempted to to go like finance jobs and like get like some really like high paying thing and not move to LA or try to do both um, at the same time or I wasn't when I finished I mean it was it's not, it's like a temptation I I guess a little bit you think about it I think about it probably more as time goes on just because you know you see the struggle out here you see what it is mm-hmm. here's Siri coming in interjecting again um <laughs> You see, yeah, the struggle I hear. So that's, yo. I think when you, know you say gonna, you see, it thinks you're you're calling it. Yeah, you know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna switch headphones here. All right. A little intermission. Intermission. Break. I don't know how much are you editing of this. Do you uh, edit a lot? No, not really, because I'm trying to do it where. Um, so I I tried starting a podcast like a year ago, right? Like right before mm-hmm. COVID started, and I kept putting like I recorded a. a a call with one person and i yep. just kept putting it off because i knew i had to edit it and i like went through like it was just like so painstaking to edit and i was like i i want to l- limit the amount of like obstacles and hurdles i want to i need to go through to get this Absolutely. thing really started um and i realized if i just like have because i i love having conversations with people and just getting to know people um if i just did that and i just posted the conversation either way there's probably not gonna be a lot of people watching it in the first place uh like t- to start off so I might as well just like post that whole conversation is yeah. the answer to what one, your question. One second to switch these out here. I could say a joke. Guy walks into a library. He goes up to the librarian and says, excuse me, I'd like two burgers and some fries, please. The librarian looks at him confused. Sir, this is a library. And he goes, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so embarrassed. I'd like two burgers and some fries, please. <laughs> did you catch the whole joke i don't know i was gonna say i just heard the punchline but i didn't hear anything else (laughs) whispering i want burgers and fries (laughs) that's kind of funny that's for for anyone who's watching girls get a mission that was uh Uh, also excuse my voice i just like randomly lost my voice over the weekend dude um don't don't even feel bad don't even feel bad doing doing the the coaching the training which is group fitness so i'm really just it's at f45 so i'm really just coaching in a sense um i lost some screen so i'm yelling the whole time trying to motivate people in the last episode i just did i just posted yeah i sound like a different person because my voice is so raspy just from all that yelling yeah like three or four hours a day sometimes sometimes i do six classes already in the first week so i just was definitely my throat was definitely not used to that and it still isn't quite completely but yeah, I, I was like, I don't even know. I can't even do it. Have you have you ever taken uh, voice lessons? No, I want to. Okay, because the reason I say is because I uh, my school had just like they offered free voice lessons for anyone who was like a dance minor or just mm-hmm. like a theater minor and, or major or anything mm-hmm. like that. So I took advantage of that. And um, in those lessons, the teacher was talking about like how like singers, if they don't use proper technique, they'll ruin their voice. And he was saying like how it even translates over to like real life, where if you properly engage like your diaphragm and breathe right as like you're yelling, um, one, your voice is going to carry farther. And two, like it's not going to like get all raspy Yeah. after a while, which I thought was super cool that you could even like do that. Yeah, there's a, the acting studio that I was going to, which I hope to go back to soon because they are opening up for in some in-person classes here. I think next month they would have one of the coaches there was he was an acting coach, but he also did a lot with voice. So he would, I believe he would teach well, actors and, and um, 
whoever came into the studio, which was actors, you know, stand-up comedians, um, even like sales people would come in because he had this, uh, what was it, voice? Singing for actors is what he called it. So it was a singing class, but they said it wasn't really geared for singers. Basically, the whole thing was more just about yeah, how to find your voice and one, how important it is, which you never really think about. At least I hadn't until he was talking about it, how important it is, like the, the interpretation someone makes of you. Cause like right now we're talking just through voice. So like it matters. Right. Um, and just how to make it carry, how to make yourself sound confident, how to make yourself, you know, just, I guess, sound better through your own voice. Cause he would also teach, I think, um, what is the word I'm looking for? I don't know if it's defendants, people who are in court who are going to be testified, mm. like how to speak better. So when they were telling the truth, like it was believable and they didn't seem shaky and didn't seem like they, oh, knew wow. they were lying. Yeah. So he was like, he's real big into the power of your voice. And it just sounded so cool. And that's, that's a class I've been looking forward to once shit gets back going or gets going again here to take. Cause yeah, there was another kid in that class who's a stand-up comedian and his, he just, he spoke, I'm sure he already kind of was pretty outspoken, um, but he's, his voice just carried, it did. And it was noticeable, uh, the difference of it and like the power behind it. Right. Like, and all that shit was so like, I didn't grow up acting. I didn't grow up in theater. And it was just, that, those, was, those were part of the things that I loved about going to that studio right away. It's just learning all these things. Dude, um, could you let me know actually if that class, cause I'd love to take that class too. Cause I'm, I'll yeah. be in the area basically. Yeah. It's, um, Howard Fine, <clears throat> Howard Fine Acting Studio. Okay, how just look looked at up. How close is that to UCLA? Because that's the place I'm going to be subleasing, like right next to it. Honestly, dude, that I, I get confused because I see UCLA signs everywhere. Where is UCLA? <laughs> <laughs> I live here, and I don't even know. I'm not the person to ask because I'm just going there. But uh, let's look it up. Like West Westwood, um, because uh, going off the uh, the voice thing, I actually was just reading a book yesterday that was talking about how um to make like a better like a good impression and just like you want to be like you have your your chest voice and then you have your head voice right yeah this is like another singing lesson thing mm -hmm. um and he was saying that like as as a guy usually it's it's perceived better to like speak from your chest voice mm -hmm. and the way you do that is you engage your diaphragm and you test it by saying like a sentence and then you pinch your nose and if you sound really nasally kind of like i do right now that means you speak too much with your head voice and you need to like lower so that's been something really? I know, know I need to work on. So what? So like pick a phrase to say, like, yeah. like, hey, do you do you want to uh, go grab a beer or something? I don't know. Just some random sentence. Hey, do and you want to go grab a beer? And then pinch your nose and say it again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you want to go grab a beer? Okay, so for you. <laughs> <laughs> Did it sound different? <laughs> so it didn't, it didn't sound different, right? Uh. I didn't think so too much, but it's it's hard to tell with these on. No, but that's good. That's good. That you you like you pass the test basically. Okay, cool. you actually even just like listening to your voice, you speak in like a lower register. Whereas okay. I tend to like kind of go high to low to high to low. Yeah. Um so like that's good. You're using your chest voice basically. Sweet. Yeah. Pass that. Exactly. I'll, go, I'll, I'll go into class ahead of his schedule. Good job. <laughs> but, uh, just walk into his class, just pinching your nose. Hey, do you want to go yeah. to beer? <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> hey, I've already been tested. I pass. <laughs> yeah, but, I don't so, need to take this. I'm actually here to teach you guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, God. <laughs> so but, I looked up UCLA here. Yeah. So it is in Westwood, yeah. 
Um, so it's in the studio's in Hollywood. So I mean, everything out here, it's not far, but time wise, it might be far at times because traffic. Yeah, like that's that's crazy. Just giving a good example, like where, where I grew up back home in Minnesota, I was like 12 miles from my high school. Um, I didn't actually live in the town my school was in, but our, our town was in that district. We didn't have our own school system after elementary school. Yeah. And it would take me, I could get there in 15 minutes if I was flying, like, which I usually was late. So I was pushing <laughs> it, but 20 minutes at the most, I could, you could get there. And I think it was like 12 miles. And then here I used to live in the Valley. I lived in Encino. And when I was going to the studio before COVID, uh, it would take me sometimes maybe 30 minutes, but sometimes it'd take me an hour to get there. And I remember Just looking one day, yeah, and I remember looking one day, like, how far it is. And it was, like, 10 miles. It was the same distance. And I was just that's like, crazy. wow, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's the one thing I'm not looking forward to. But one of my friends who's a native there, he said that, like, you just have to time it right. Like, you just have oh, to yeah. know when to, like, not leave and when to go. Absolutely. You just got to expect it, too. Like, that was a big thing when I was coming out here. Everyone, I've spoke about this a little before, but obviously not with you. Everyone was telling me what they don't like about L.A. And it's like, great, dude glad you don't like that i don't know like i'm gonna go there and figure this shit out for myself i know the traffic is gonna be bad so i'm expecting that already and so i did and it, you know it's no big deal once you like kind of exactly like your friend saying adjust to it leave an hour early instead of you know 30 minutes early that's kind of right. what i do i just try to double what i think it's gonna take to get there right yeah and i guess if you just like put on like some podcasts or something like the come yeah. up if you listen to yeah the yeah put on the come up come on stream <laughs> on all platforms with the k with a K. If you just type in the come up on like Spotify, is it gonna show up? It should. Let's okay. Do it right now. See, it probably will on my phone. Yeah, let me see if it does on my phone too. Um, but yeah, the the reason I asked you about that whole finance thing is because I've definitely been tempted to um get like a consulting job with because I was also a business student, uh, but I was okay. MIS. And uh if I get like a consulting job, I'm gonna be a making a lot more money than I would if I moved to LA and work as like a waiter or something. Yeah. See, that's that. Yeah. That's the thing coming out of, I guess just kind of give some more of my own stories. So I went to college. I got it. Yeah. Did you get it? Hey, you have, you have to write the come up. Cause if I wrote just come up, it doesn't come up. It doesn't come up. <laughs> no, it doesn't nice come pun. Up. <laughs> but if you wrote the come up, it'll, it'll show up. It's like the Ohio state, the yeah, come up. The, exactly. How do you post it to like all platforms, by the way? Do you like, uh, I use Anchor. Okay, me too. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's super easy to use, especially if you're trying to start a podcast because it's free. <clears throat> yeah, so, it makes life and, very easy. Yeah, you just. I think they're all easy like that, but usually they aren't. I don't think a lot of the other ones are free. Um, mm. at least at the beginning. But yeah, just to give a little more of what I was doing and and school wise and getting here. So I started working with a smaller like management agency in Minneapolis that did uh, mostly modeling, but they would host, they did have an acting coach who would also work with kids there to take some acting lessons. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's kind of how I started in these group classes like that when I was a freshman in college. So I didn't even do any of this until I modeled a little bit within my senior year of high school and then went to school Um I don't know when sometime in there I, I, I would take a class here or there and I liked it because it made me really uncomfortable because I'd never nice. done acting before nice. and I was nervous I still do get nervous for sure like even just speaking like in class 
even throughout college, even after I did these things, I would, I would get nervous to do like a project in front of the class and stuff like that. But so I just felt like, okay, this is really good for me. I'm just going to keep doing this. And I like it. So then I ended up doing like one-on-one -on -one classes with him, I think the next summer. And then, so this would have been after my sophomore year of college. And then my junior year, fall semester, I went abroad to London and did a acting and writing class there. And that's where I was just like, I really like this. I want to do this. And I was inspired. Like I'm going to a new city every week. I'm just like, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want in life. Really? Like, I think I can do it. That just really got me in that headspace. So I left school when I came back, I was like, I was contemplating it for like the last month or two. And I was there and I decided to leave school also though, because the agency that I was working with, would do trips out here to LA and introduce the, you to, I think photographers they knew and try to get you to meet a couple agents if they could get some to come to like, I think you'd stay at a hotel. And they'd been asking me to do that for the previous couple of years or suggesting it. And we kind of just said, no, no, no. But I actually had another friend do it. And so he had been out here. We graduated together for those two years. And so it was always on my mind of something I would like to do, but so continuing, I uh, was planning on doing that. I, I came back from school. I left school. I didn't go back to college after being abroad. So I didn't go back after Christmas break. And I was going to move out here then. And they stopped doing the trip. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. So I was Yikes. like, okay. Because uh, they wanted to, they were reconfiguring it, basically. They were trying to do it different. So they, they took, I think, a year off from doing it because they wanted to do something different but it actually ended up working out better for me so like you know things usually work out for the best it's kind of a lesson from that but so I was just like working and I was doing house renovations um, which I had done the previous two summers with this company and so I ended up just going back to school because I was already on a lease before I decided not to go back to school I put myself on a lease for a house the following year which would have been my class's senior year and I was like I'm already on the lease whatever I'm just gonna go back and finish but that whole time, those last three semesters, I was at school. I did not want to be there. I was just finishing to finish. And I wanted to be out here. I wanted to be coming out here. I knew I wanted to come out here, but I was just so close to finishing and things weren't working out when they, when I was trying to. So. Right. You might as well have gotten like a degree. Yeah. So yeah, I was three semesters away from it and um, yeah, just kind of seemed like the right thing to do. I was already on that lease and, but so to answer your question, like the whole time, no, I was not even thinking about trying to actually get a job. I was just thinking of finishing and then moving out here mm. uh, to get here, to do what I was actually trying to do. So I don't know that, that, that was kind of that mindset. I definitely will, will look every now and then, especially with COVID going on, like things have opened up mostly now and auditions are coming in again and, and things are being produced again, but you know, there was nothing for a long time and it was definitely uh i was just getting here i was just starting i'd been here for like six months so then like to have a whole another like year and a half just pause mm. it's like like right now like it's like okay i gotta kind of like ramp up again like i just got here which sucks not gonna lie that sucks <laughs> but is what it is i don't know but i'll check every once in a while to see see what's happening especially because out here at la there's more opportunity than back home there's opportunity in Minnesota. It's good, but LA's LA. It's like the second biggest city, right? For acting, especially, it's not. Yeah, not comparable. <clears throat> well, there's 
Yeah, acting especially. Yeah, absolutely. There's, I did some short films, some student films back home, but yeah, no, not even close. So what, um, what, what'd you do or like what happened to get your first role? To get my first role, like when ever? You, not ever, like when you came to LA. So you said you did short films and stuff when you were in Minnesota, you came yeah. here. I'm assuming, did you come here and like, you just knew no one or like you had friends already or what? Um, I did. I was willing to come here by myself, but I did uh, have a couple of people I knew here. Um, so that same agency that I had said I've been working with back in Minnesota, they had, when they reconfigured the trip that they stopped doing when I was going to do it, they started then entering a group of their talent into like a basically talent show out here. Hmm. So it'd be a weekend where you, there's actors, uh, singers, dancers, models, and it was all in front of casting directors and agents. And at the end of the weekend, you know, anyone who was interested in you is, would somehow mark you down. So then you would get a list of like these agents that would be liking to talk to you and you can talk to them. So it's kind of like a networking thing at the end like that nice. to try to get an agent. Um, so there had been two, one or two groups that had came out before me once I actually finally did that. And then my friend from high school was still out here. Uh, with his girlfriend who actually came out through that group and then they met through there and then started dating. And then another kid from Minnesota was out here who did that competition. Um, and I moved into a house with them and I actually had another friend who like the previous year before I left, I was just kind of telling him what I was going to do and move out here and he wanted to take along. So he came with too. So I had a, I had a couple of people I knew for sure. But other than that house, yeah, we all lived in a house together for like two months uh i didn't know anybody else really yeah okay so <laughs> so so you went down there uh you lived in a house in two months with your some of your friends from minnesota yep um did that agent thing with the little talent agency um talent show did that did that lead to having an agent or did you yeah it did which is really cool um it did i i got actually a pretty good response i had a handful of agents and agencies and casting directors interested in me and I ended up going meeting with two of them you know like a week or so later uh, I ended up choosing one of them and still with them actually right now they uh yeah they got me they got me some auditions I didn't get them that were very legit one was a Netflix show one was a uh Snickers Super Bowl commercial one was like a Goodyear commercial um, so it was just cool to see that happen. Yeah. Then you, like being in an audition like that, even though you don't get it, uh, you just know you're really close. Yeah. Cause it's your one decision away from getting a yeah. partner role. You know? Yeah. They, they could have, you know, callbacks a couple rounds, but you just know like, yeah, I'm in the room where, yeah, someone's going to get that commercial that's airing on the Super Bowl, or someone's going to get this role that's in this Netflix show. Um, I mean, you can do hundreds of those and never get it, but you, <laughs> at the same time, but so it's both, you know, you know, you're really close and you are one decision away, uh, from someone liking you, I guess, or not, but to kind of go back to my, my first role, I got, and I forget, did you say out here or, or in general, uh, out here in LA, the first one out here, I actually just got through some, a friend. So again, it's good to know people. I actually, so I did know him. I, I, 
I had a friend from St. John's back in college in Minnesota who was actually from here. And we reconnected once I was out here for a little bit. Um, and he was, he recorded a song and he was making a music video for it. So he invited me to be at that, uh, which was basically just a party at this house in the hills, which was sick. And through that, th this dude's like a very well-connected master networker. Um, he was on my show actually too. He was the first episode. Uh, shout out Antoine with, with The Cause. He's got his own um, nonprofit apparel company called The Cause. And he's got like a bunch of different shit going on. Dude's, dude's entrepreneurial. I'm going to go check 100. out that episode then. Yeah, 100%. He's trying to do a casting agency. He's uh, trying to manage some friends of his who are very talented as well as singers. Um, yeah, he's doing a lot. But I knew him, Got went to that, and then just met a bunch of – like that day was like – it was a house full of people who, when I got there, I thought they were all high school friends. I thought everyone was close. And I was like this outsider kind of coming mm -hmm. there, but like, it didn't even hit, it didn't even know until a week or two later that everyone there didn't know each other. It was just like a really good oh, day. Wow. It was like just a really good atmosphere where everyone just vibed and like connected with each other. Like I literally thought these people were like lifelong friends and I was just getting to know all of them, but no. So it was the opposite. But to answer the question, there was the people who did the, the music video for him um were doing a short film and i had my longer hair than at the time and the role was jesus so antoine <laughs> antoine uh pointed them out to me and they're like hey man we want you in this role and i was like sick <laughs> <laughs> sick hell yeah but so that one was a little unusual but at the same time i really think that's how it is like especially for this really successful actors like you know directors just know who they are and they're like hey we want we literally made this role for you like, yeah. do you want to do it? And if they don't want to do it, then they'll find someone else. But, you know, th there's that while where it might be your whole career, but it's still awesome. Even if you are, you're auditioning and you have to really work to get some things. But if you are lucky enough to kind of make a name for yourself, then people, I think, would just kind of knock on your door like that. Like, hey, we literally made this for you. Not that they made it for me, but, you know, it was just through a friend like that. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I got what you're saying. It is. It is, it is, it's, it's, it's scary to think about that. Like it, it could be like your whole, your whole life yeah. and you never make it. But at the same time, I feel like the people that you hear that it takes them the whole life, there's so many factors that go into it that like, you don't know if they were, how like disciplined they were. You don't know um, if they're going about it smart or if they were just kind of like tossing it to the wind and like hoping that something comes from just random auditions, you know, like. Absolutely. And also, I feel like we're in a day and age right now where maybe you don't get like a show on Netflix, but maybe like your podcast pops off or maybe you mm -hmm. post a TikTok and you pop off there and you get your own platform and through there, you're kind of independent, but you also have this audience and like you're you're making money through like sponsorships and deals and stuff like you basically made it, you know, mm -hmm. in a different way, but absolutely, but, but you made it, you know, absolutely. That's that's I would agree with that 100 percent like if it's not what you want, I guess, then maybe you wouldn't think of it that way, but I don't know. I, I'm just trying to, I'm still obviously 100% trying to act, but I also just see, uh, like I listen to a lot of Gary Vee yeah. and just other entrepreneurs who are all over social media and talk. And I just see even on my own, into the future it seems like if you have a platform like that's just going to be big 
whether you're an actor and then, you know, have a platform because you have a following or like you said, you know, you have a podcast and you grow an audience that way. Um, if you were into that sort of stuff, again, what, what, what really hit for me was when I saw uh, Amazon made something along the lines of like, it, like I could have my own store basically through Amazon. So if you have a, if you have a platform, I don't think it was quite like that. I really don't know enough to speak about it. Um, probably the best, or how it educationally. Sure. General but, idea though is you have your own. You could have yeah, your own store. General idea is like they made something else other than other than the whatever you said the FBA. That to me was like okay, if you have this platform, then you can just keep plug in this link or like say, Hey, buy these things through me. Right. And you know, you're going to get a kickback on that. And it's not even about the money. It was just like, so Am Amazon's doing this now. Like Amazon's like the leader in a lot of shit. So like everything is going to kind of, it's in my head, it's, I would imagine is going to kind of come to that where, you know, if you have an audience of something, you can just, these other companies who want attention to their company will work with you probably all of them in the next decade or so to use your audience or say just to use their platform, you know, or just to shop through Amazon, you know, and it was just things like that. Like, okay, these businesses are doing that now and they're going to, if the Amazon's doing that, they're going to follow. Um, if I don't know if that makes any sense, but to me, it just kind of clicked something like, cause I have all these ideas of things I wanted to do for like YouTube shows or this podcast or excuse me, my podcast. Um, and usually I wouldn't do them, you know, but <laughs> like eventually you just focus on acting. Is that what you mean? No, just in the, even when I was before acting, like in, in college, there was a couple of YouTube things I wanted to do. I tried doing one of them, but I, I, it was too much traveling while I was in school. Um, so I was like, dude, I just can't do this. I really didn't have time, especially at the end there. I was completely crammed. I was working like two jobs and doing 18 credit semesters just to finish. Cause I didn't want to, I wanted to be done so I could move out here. Um, so I, I had literally no time, but yeah, I just had all these ideas and would maybe be like too scared to do it or just not follow through and do it. Uh, and then being out here definitely obviously helps too, because a lot of people are doing things. So it just doesn't seem weird, not even weird, but just like back home, it, it just seemed like more of a deal. Like, oh, he's mm -hmm. trying to do a podcast like this or that. And not saying I, I experienced that, but you, I think I just felt that maybe that was just on me. But out here, like everyone's trying to act or model or dance or, you know, create content for whatever platform. So it's just normal. And and obviously I was older, too. So I just cared less about that's is now is it's so weird how powerful that is, but like how hard it is to get to that. Yeah. Like you just don't care about people's opinion. Yeah. It took me. That's kind of. I'm developing a theory, actually. What is it? I'd like to hear it. <laughs> uh, it's it's all about how invested you, you'll like this, maybe as okay. a finance person. It's all about <laughs> how invested you are in something, right? And it's it's like um, it's like a uh, what's what's the 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 little the little playground thing? A uh, uh, like, teeter totter. That thank you, teeter totter. It's like yeah. a teeter totter or a seesaw. Seesaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like a seesaw where <laughs> I kept doing this until you got it. <laughs> I knew what you meant. Uh, it's like it's like a seesaw where like if you care like a lot about what other people think of you, it's probably because you're not investing in yourself and you're not focused on yourself. 
the more and more you focus and invest in yourself and like try to improve whatever aspect of your life you want to improve, the less amount of like money or currency for the for the lack of better words you have to invest into what you think what you care about other people because you're so focused you know how like kind of gary v talks about like how like he's everything's quiet around him because he's so focused on like what he's doing yeah he's got no time that's i think that's kind of what it like let's say you had like ten dollars right in this metaphor right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if you care a lot what people think about you you're probably investing nine dollars into the side of like what people think about me and one dollar into self-improvement So if you take that $9 and you put it into self-improvement, you don't have any more dollars to invest in what people care about you. So you just can't. That's my that makes theory. sense. I get it. I get that. Uh, that was the first time the- I said that out loud, by the way. So <laughs> thank you. Uh, what is it? Uh, what is it? Trademark that shit. Exactly. <laughs> no one else can say that. Or if they can, they have to quote you. I just jump into like any motivational conference. That's me. That was yeah. me. <laughs> Give me my money. But I think there's truth to that. I think, well, even if you're just like too busy, I don't know if that's exactly what you meant, but if you're like just busy, I mean, basically, yeah. you're not going to be thinking about what people think about it. You're just, yeah. you, you got shit to do. Yeah. <laughs> like well, mentally like, too. Yeah. yeah. Mentally, you just can't, you just can't care. You don't, you yeah. don't have the mental capacity. And I think I've talked about this before as well. Like, yeah, it's, I would say for me, you know, it's normal to care what people maybe are going to think about something you put on social media. Like that's the whole point of it. Social (laughs) media is for other people to see what you're doing. Uh, Yeah. But if, yeah, if you're like scared to put something out there out of the fear of people seeing it, or maybe it's just something that, you know, you haven't posted about before or you're afraid of judgment because you're trying to start a page of something. So you are trying to create an audience and, you know, the like, who do you think you are type thought? Like, mm-hmm. who am I to start this shit? Like, just doing it. Like, you got to get over that. It's And just it's, doing yeah. it gets you over it. Like, doing it gets you over it and, and realizing, which sounds so simple, but realizing most likely unless you got some asshole people in your life i guess no one's you know talking <laughs> shit to you or like commenting this sucks like it's like <laughs> your friends are just consistently commenting yo this sucks yeah, bro. this sucks <laughs> ass get this off my page <laughs> reported dude yeah, yeah but like usually that's not gonna happen and even if it does happen like fuck those people delete the comment i don't know like they're obviously probably not your friends so yeah. Like no one's doing that and you're going to just post it and people who like it are going to like it. And and then the longer you do that, the more you do that, people, it's not going to be new anymore. It's just going to be what you're doing. So you kind of yeah. just stop, you just stop thinking about, it doesn't feel, I mean, it's like anything, like it doesn't feel like a new thing where you're an imposter and you're trying That's, to like, you're like in publicly an imposter. You're just like, eventually it's just what you're doing and people just, you know. That imposter thing is so real because something you wouldn't know about me is I started I started going on TikTok um, Mm -hmm. like right before like the August of 2019. Right. So like way before it like became trending because my little cousins put me onto it. I mean, I started posting on it and it was like just like horrible stuff. And eventually I posted one. It blew up. The video got like 13 million views. And from there, 
yeah, it was crazy. And then from there, I got like uh, like a hundred something thousand followers. Um, so in, in college, I became known as like the TikTok famous guy. <laughs> and so everyone would be like, oh, yeah, you're like TikTok famous. Or like I tell someone about like, oh, yeah, like follow me on TikTok. They'd see how many followers I had. And they'd be like, bro, like, how do you? Yeah. But the thing yeah. is, like, knowing that I only got it from like one video and that video yeah. wasn't even really just it wasn't even me. It was like, uh, I don't know if you were on TikTok, but if you were it was uh, get on and off like back and forth but basically what it was is like disney plus had just been launched okay. at that time and so i was like thinking like like marketing wise like what would be something crazy to do like that could capitalize on like all this attention disney plus is getting right mm-hmm. and i was like it'd be crazy if i bought like a, a subscription and then i just like shared that login info with people on the video right oh, shit. so that's what i did oh, and people shit. went crazy people went, it, it took like it took like 30 <laughs> seconds for someone to change the password and then from there, people were commenting, everyone changed the password. Like, you're a liar. And I'm like, damn, this is my reputation on the line. Like, I'm like, <laughs> so, like, I went, like, went on live and I got, like, 14,000 people on live just watching me, like, asking me where my login info is. Ugh. And I'm like, guys, like, I'm, like I was, like, panicking. Like, I broke, within like, minutes? My, what? Within, like, minutes of you posting this? Yeah, it, it, it popped wow. off, like, immediately. And, uh, and <laughs> I like, I ended up driving to Safeway cause I couldn't change the password. And like, yeah. I tried to get like help from Disney plus, but they, they were so overloaded that like, they just like the wait time was like 10 hours or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I drove to my nearby Safeway, like while on live with 14,000 people telling them I'm going to go buy a gift card to buy a new subscription service. And then I'm going to raffle it off through discord, but I had never used discord before. I didn't even know what it was. So yeah. I created one. And then as soon as I created one, all these people just hopped on and just spammed it like just with like just like swear words and just like naked pictures and just like it was just crazy and out of like just like the 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 chaos i hear these couple voices like hey man (laughs) i like everything (laughs) hey man i could help you and i'm like who said that and it's like it's me it was like this one kid named caleb or something and it's me and i'm like how do please how what do you do he's like make me admin i'm like i don't know how to do that he's like click on this thing do this and so i make him admin i make someone else admin and they like just organize everything for me really um and then we raffle it off and from then i had like a discord full of like two thousand people which i feel bad about like i feel like i should have utilized that more but i couldn't think of like what to use it for explain it to me i don't even know what it is i've heard of that yeah but I, i really don't know what it is okay so i know immediately by you saying that you're not a gamer not anymore i used to be I'm not I a gamer either. Yeah. yeah. I, used I haven't to had a console school. for yeah, a couple same. years. Uh, the last console I had was a Wii and a PlayStation 3. Yeah. And, uh, I was playing GTA one time in high school and I was randomly just like, it's kind of boring. And I just sold it all and spent it on food. Right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what you love. Yeah, exactly. And it, it went by so quick too. I learned a oh, valuable lesson from there. $300 yeah. at in and out goes quick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um but discord is basically where it's like a live chat community it's like reddit in like real time is the best way i could describe it where it has like different threads and like different little groups and it's like it's like this community basically so like um like a a popular gamer might have like a discord community where you you log on through their like little group or whatever and in that group they have different threads like this is a thread for memes this is a thread for like talking about personal stuff this is a thread for talking about like your book recommendations whatever right this is general chat and uh they could like raffle things off there they could just like talk with people they could like call people and have like live live chat um live chat streams so a lot of people use it while they're gaming basically Um, is it 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 for anything okay is it all similar to twitch 
kind of honestly i've never used twitch uh because i've never had a reason to so yeah. i couldn't tell you but i think it's i think twitch is more of like you log on to watch the stream and discord is what you read use while you're using twitch okay this is one non-gamer talking to another non-gamer. yeah exactly not gonna I, go well. also, also i know is twitch is yes live streaming <laughs> that's all i think is anyone can watch you can comment i think but that's basically it yeah yeah basically true that's a great point one non-gamer to another we're not going to figure it out yeah no we're going to solve the education problem and we're going to figure out this new we're just thing blowing through these bro we're just (laughs) do you have a do you have a bunch of shit written down uh is that how you're doing it for For like questions questions? are you going off the top of your head i'm just freestyling this yeah nice yeah that's what i like doing too yeah because i realized so i was i was um I'm a big reader. I don't know if that's come across at this point, but I was reading this other book called The Third Door. If you haven't read it, I would highly recommend it. No, I haven't. Uh, it's called The Third Door? The Third Door by Alex Benayan. It is an amazing book to read about um, how to network with people. Some of my friends mm-hmm. in college told me about it and they're like, they're crazy good at networking. One of my friends mm-hmm. actually, she's in LA right now, actually. She's living in this like wish sponsored TikTok house, managing all these influencers. Yo, uh, is that, uh, sorry to cut you off. Is that Dan Brazilian's old house? No, I don't know. Actually, I'll ask her. I don't think it is, is it like but... massive, massive. Uh, I've just seen the backyard and the backyard by itself is like you could tell it's like a mansion. OK, like one of those like nice. But I could ask her if you're curious. I'll update you. I'll just because we watch Side Story here. Uh, a lot of real estate. I wish I remember his name. Videos. Uh, it's Graham Steven. No, I'm going to give him a shout out here because I I love his channel. Super successful. And it, it's Ennis. It'll come up right away here. Ennis. Right. Yes, I might pronounce this incorrectly, but Ennis Yilmazar. Yilmazar. Y I L M A Z E R. Yilmazar. Oh, okay. I've I've never heard of him. But regardless, yeah, he just does a bunch of like uh he was a real estate agent and then he started doing uh YouTube videos of just tours which isn't, you know, a new idea, but I just really love the way he does it. He just seems very, very mm-hmm. knowledgeable and casual and um, whatever, but he TikTok or he TikToked. He, uh, <laughs> he did a tour, which I believe was Dan Brazilian's house that was now a wish influencer house. They had wish all over, like uh, all that of the house. They said it. So I just saw that a couple of weeks ago which is it's a it's like almost too big it's not even almost it is too big it's like a complex but totally just cut you off there no 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 no. that's that's cool to, honestly knowing her it might have been dan blazarian's house and she she like does crazy stuff like that all the time and just like doesn't mm-hmm. mention it you okay. know just like whatever <laughs> you know <laughs> like she just casually was like yeah so i'm on like gatorade's like women's board now i'm like what dude what are you doing like, yeah. who are you um so so yeah the, long story short um, if you haven't read the third door, read it. But in it, he interviews. It's basically about this UCLA kid who drops out of school and um, goes and interviews all these like crazy successful people and like his little story of like how he does it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's talking to. Um, oh, my God. I feel so bad that I forgot this guy's name, but he's like a legendary Larry King. I can't believe it. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe I blanked on that. Um, all, all good all good <laughs> the way he's you're like, saying all good makes me feel like it's not all good <laughs> <laughs> all good god damn it <laughs> no he's he's a legend but he's not like you know yeah well i'll be honest i don't know how many times i've watched larry king i've watched like 
three videos of his. Yeah, exactly. Like, snippets, not even like the full thing. I, I exactly. think he's like famous for like boomers, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but he was talking to Larry King, and he was he was uh he was like asking for advice on like how to best interview people, right? Mm-hmm. He was like, so like, do you just like like write all these questions and prepare and everything? He's like, just let your curiosity lead, you know. Just ask, and I I realized like that when he said that that clicked so much with me because like even in just any conversations with people the best conversations will just come when I just like go with the flow and I just like, they say something and I'm like curious about it. So I'm like, Oh, like, tell me more about this. And that usually mm-hmm. leads to something else. That leads me to something else. And I think I'm also like slightly ADHD. So that probably helps too. But, uh, <laughs> I'm actually getting tested. So just to see. Are you really? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think I actually am. Cause the questions they asked, I was like, no, I'm a lot you more. You just want the Adderall? No, actually I'm actually trying to avoid it. I'm still the thing is knowing myself, I know I would abuse it because I know I'm tempted to take it to be productive. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't want to do that to myself because I know long term that's going to mess me up health wise. That's going to mess me up. Um, I don't want to be dependent on that drug to like be successful. Um, But I am looking into microdosing shrooms. We could get into that if you want. I don't know how much time we get into that. But uh, I got time, bro. Okay, sweet. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you. I got time, too. I just didn't want (laughs) to. You're good. I, I got at least another hour here. Oh, sweet. Perfect. Yeah, we'll get into yeah. the microdosing thing, too. Um, before we get into that, kind of about the Larry King thing is, you know, <laughs> obviously, I'm no fucking Larry King at all. But from my experience with doing my show already, it's like, yeah, yeah it, it. You know Larry King yet. Yeah, we'll see. If I could ever get close to what he did, that'd be incredible. But um, it just makes you listen, really. You're actually listening to what they're saying and yeah, just hearing them and, and obviously you're probably having people on cause you're already interested in them. So you're going to be interested in whatever usually they're talking about, just asking questions about what it is they're doing because it interests you and it does make it natural. And yeah, I don't know. I just didn't, that's just, I guess how I wanted mine. It seems like you're saying you want yours the same. And it's just, it's just that it's just natural. And, and it makes you a better listener and it makes you realize maybe how much you don't listen normally in a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Outside of that. If, if you're just like ready to say the next thing, like you're just talking yeah. about like finance or everything, like I just cut you off. So tell me about your fitness. Yeah. Uh, like, yep. Yeah. Randomly. But or, um, what's up? I was just say, oh yeah, just in regular conversation, kind of similar to what you're saying. Just you're just waiting for them to finish so you can say whatever comes to your head next. Like, yeah, you're just waiting. You're not listening. You're just waiting to talk. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And the whole um, having people on that are interesting is actually such a simple, th- like interesting to you, such a simple thing that um, I feel like sometimes doesn't go that goes unnoticed because like in that book too, it talks about never and once it said that and then also once i talked to my friends about this i kind of personally decided like a year or two back that i'm never going to reach out to someone to try to get to someone else does that make sense yeah absolutely so like like knowing someone knows someone that's the worst reason you could you could do to reach out to someone because one you're insulting them because they're probably interesting in their own right um and two it's gonna come off in genuine like they're gonna tell like you're just trying to get you're trying to use me basically you're not actually trying to learn about who i am and what i do yeah um so and me as someone who's like i know how important networking is i'm tempted to do that and every time i i feel that temptation i like i like basically make sure like no i'm not gonna reach out to this person um and basically i have long story short i have a personal rule where 
I only will reach out to people I'm genuinely interested in them, regardless of who they happen to know. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So um, I think that's good. And it's worked out. It's worked out pretty cool. Like I, I actually, um, I, I haven't told you the story actually yet, but outside of, so I, you know how I said, I'm trying to be a director among yep. other things. Yep. Um, I, when right before I graduated and like, as COVID was happening, they, are you familiar with Percy Jackson, the book series? Uh, I had, I never read them, but I knew okay. like, but like, the, you know what they are a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So like just really popular book series about Greek mm-hmm. mythology. Um, I loved, I loved them growing up. They were like one of my favorite book series, if not my favorite book series. Um, mm-hmm. And they announced uh, they had made like a couple of TV, uh, movies based off of the the books, but they had absolutely butchered it. Like it was almost yeah. like they're trying not to be with the like they got rid of like main characters. Really? Yeah, dude. They they literally like so like in the first book, right? Like Ares, the god of war, is like the main antagonist. Okay, mm-hmm. and he's not. He's like just. I don't. Do you care if I spoil it? Are you ever gonna like read it? No, or, no. Okay, so <laughs> so um the. Ares is considered by like the Titan Kronos, which isn't revealed until like later in the series. But um, you think that Ares is like the main antagonist in the first book, right? Yeah. He's the one kind of driving like the whole the whole plot is the, the lightning bolt from Zeus got stolen and Percy has to go retrieve it because otherwise other, Zeus thinks that Percy stole it because he's Poseidon's kid. Mm-hmm. And basically they're like an all out war is going to erupt if he doesn't find this lightning bolt and get it back to Zeus. Right. Mm-hmm. And the whole time unbeknownst to us until the end, um, Ares is the one who stole it. Um, in the movie, they just got rid of Ares. <laughs> How do you do that? If he's the guy who like, what do you, you know what I mean? So what they do at the end? They just, Bro, it was it just was, him. It was it just, was, I get mad just talking about it, but it was, <laughs> It was so it wasn't even like like the lightning bolt is the main thing that they're trying to retrieve in the book. Right. In the movie, it's called the lightning thief. So you would think they know this, too. But they are trying to read the the, retrieve the pearls of Persephone, which in the book is just something they use to escape Hades. It's it's a whole thing. Um, But then they make it like the main thing. And then they, they show Kronos in the first book and he's not revealed until the end. And then they make him like a devil uh they turn they turn hades into a devil which just isn't accurate if you know greek mythology because um there's like hades isn't hell it's not it's not the same thing as like the christian idea of hell Mm -hmm. and hades the god is the god of the dead he's not the devil yeah if that makes sense absolutely absolutely um but they they turn him into like a classic devil and then also just like simple things like annabeth one of the main characters very well known that she's blonde um they make her brunette in the first <laughs> it's like bro you're not even trying at this point you're not even trying <laughs> do, you know, do you think that was like do, who is the director uh chris columbus it wasn't his fault the director no. he did his job like if a standalone movie it's a decent movie it's not amazing yeah. but it's not terrible um it was whoever wrote the script like the author himself rick Riordan. he uh he posted on his blog how many times he went back and forth um trying to convince them like like listen i read the script like it's great that you did this. Like, I like this part, but like, could we please focus on like the plot basically? Um, yeah. And they just ignore him. They just totally just like, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was some writer's ego of like, they want. that's what I was going to say. Or, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. The director, that's, but that's the only thing I could think of is like, this is my story now. So they want to spice it up or whatever. Wouldn't um, you think the author had, would have power. He must've not worked that out in the deal. He didn't. That was his first time doing it. Um, usually actually it's not normal for the author to have power 
usually what they do is they just sign off the book release and then they just give all control to the studio and um yeah so like what jk rowling did wasn't normal i think because of how successful her book series was they wanted to make sure they didn't screw that up um or she had just really worked that out within the deal or something she had Um, power she had powers they always consulted her for stuff um to the point where like they actually like they wouldn't really make a final decision most major decisions until um they consulted like even to the point where um like small things like so harry's eyes are green and his mom's his eyes is green right but Mm -hmm. they couldn't find that and i think um the actor uh, daniel radcliffe was like allergic to contact so they couldn't like change that and so they were like listen how important is it to you that this guy's eyes are green we found his eyes are blue and she was like all that matters, honestly, is that his eyes is like his mother's because that's like a recurring theme that Snape mm-hmm. says and everything. Like you have your mother's eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all that matters for us. So it's okay if they're both blue. They just need to match. So like even small things like that, they really respected her enough to do that. And that was smart because the book had already, had already shown success. The story had shown success. Why mm-hmm. would you change it? You know what I mean? I would um, say that's definitely the smart thing to do. Yeah, but um, all that to say... Disney Plus announced that they're going to do a TV show adaptation of the of, of the books, live action adaptation where they're actually going to be of Percy, Percy Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, sorry, not actually. Um, interesting side note: HBO said that they're considering doing a Harry Potter TV show. I don't know how they're going really? to do that, but that's a fun little side note. Um, Without Daniel Radcliffe, that's what I'm saying. I feel like it's going to be kind of weird, especially yeah. if they cast different people as like the Harry Potter and the. Yeah. I would understand if they do it. If they do it, it would make sense for them to do Super Carlin Brothers has like a whole thing about it. If you're interested, um, I could send you the YouTube link, but um, they have this whole thing where they're like, it would make more sense for them to follow different characters, like from the, the Marauders, for instance, or something like that. Really explore Sirius's life and uh, James's life before Harry and all that kind of stuff or, mm-hmm. or after, you know, don't like the main characters have already been like, like, don't follow them again. Like, we've, yeah, you know what I mean? They've already been dealt with and they're exactly. so like, they're so known i guess yeah they're so locked locked in i'm sure it wouldn't be the first time we're just getting old it's like don't touch that (laughs) don't change it (laughs) back in my day exactly exactly but (laughs) but i mean yeah i guess it would be for the new kids maybe if they think they hadn't seen the harry potter movies but yeah but i feel like they'd have seen yeah yeah it's it's too it's the most successful franchise yeah it's well, still yeah i don't watch a lot of regular tv but i, I would assume they still because for years like it was abc would show i think like every weekend or something harry potter movies they do they still do yeah yeah, yeah. i remember it's i saw like, one a couple months back um it was like one of the first ones so kids but, have seen it yeah but but all that to say before i lose my train of thought is um Disney Plus announced that they're going to do an adaptation, live action of um, Percy Jackson, which is okay. like, which is really exciting if you're a fan to hear because they're going to follow, like they're going to make sure that the kids are actually because the, the the characters start off twelve and they end up seventeen by the end of the five book series. Okay. Um, in the movie, they were just like they're high schoolers <laughs> the whole time. Yeah, they're just like they're sixteen. They start off like seventeen. Um, and uh, the other thing is rick riordan how do you i'm sorry how do you get to that point where you're creating a movie that big and you just mess up all that they don't care (laughs) that's that's, what's crazy about people fun fact actually one of the alum from my school was a was the executive producer for those for those movies really yeah i actually tried to i I did like a whole video to try to reach out to him and he just like yeah 
He ignored so, you. Yeah. It's just little things like that where you, you see people in very successful positions that it seems like just make very obvious errors. I don't know. I Go think, do whatever the hell you want to do because, yeah, people get places that maybe they shouldn't be all the time. Exactly. Which is like, I honestly, I, another side note, I mean this in like a very respectful way, but I have such disrespect for people because we're all human at the same do you know what i mean like disrespect might not be the right word but it's it's more of like um like the opposite of putting someone on a pedestal like i understand so much that like we're all just human oh yeah yeah that at the end of the day it's like you're not like name the most successful people they're not that special at the end of the day like they all die at the end they all have to eat they all have to go to like take a dump like yeah I i get i get what you're saying I get what you're saying. It's just they're so human. Exactly. They, might, they can be special. Um, they, they can be special. Yeah. Talented, work ethic, all of that. I think I think what that is is because you're trying to be a director, and especially out here in LA, when you're trying to be in the entertainment industry, thinking that way makes it it just makes it it makes you more confident that it's attainable because it is attainable and they are just like that man who's whatever the director super successful was just a boy once you know he was just starting to direct at one point exactly like they might have had this amazing 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 career super super successful and that should be respected but at the same time yeah you need to think like that's just another guy too like another another human being can reach that position and that could be me if that's something you want to do yeah it's it's a good way to think for sure i think if as long as like i don't know if you were trying to say that but yeah you just think like fuck them disrespectful (laughs) (laughs) they suck actually (laughs) some might some might suck some might i think that was kind of my point disrespect is not a good word to to, it's not an accurate word i should say of what i'm trying to convey of how i feel i think you said it better it just makes it it makes you mentally yeah you you're not, yeah, you're not thinking they're like a god because they're not. They're not a god. They're not, they're not yeah. this. They're not an, un, an unattainable human. Some may think they are, and you know they can think that way, but some are treated like they are too, especially in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. And so there's that whole thing where people do treat them like they're gods. But if you're someone who's trying to get to where they are then yeah, remember that they're not, they are just a man or a woman or whatever. And they were a kid just like you, or they were a young adult, just like you at one point, not successful or not at that position or not even close. Yeah. Some people, some people are do just know people and they just get breaks and, but they perform in those breaks. And for the most part, you, you want to believe at least, I don't know. It's a meritocracy. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. America is more of a meritocracy than Egypt. That's for sure. That's why my parents came here in the first place. Yeah. Uh, if that makes you feel a little better, but I mean, nothing's ever going to be a full meritocracy. It's always. Uh, what do you mean by that? That nothing ever is going to be a full meritocracy. Yeah. It's just human nature. You're always going to want to help your friends. You're always going to want to help your family. Um, I don't, I personally don't think nepotism is a bad thing. Well, let me say this. I don't think nepotism is something that should be as, um, as looked down upon as it is. And maybe this is, I come from like 
the Egyptian perspective of like, it's very well known. It's very, it's expected that you just help your family. Right. So it's like, if you have a, if you have a company, it's actually looked, it's like, why are you not employing your, your friends, like, or your family, your friends, like lift them up too. That's expected. Uh, Whereas here it's like, Oh, look at him. He hired his, his son's friend's brother, whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. I think it's bad if you prioritize nepotism over, um, uh, competence. So it's like, if you have like your best friend who sucks at the job and you choose to hire him instead of hiring some kid, like you just met, but like is really good for the job. I think that's terrible. And that just doesn't make sense for you to do either. Absolutely. Um, But I think just it's a human nature that like you're always going to want to help your friends. You're always going to want to connect them to things. And that's also the easiest way to to do it mentally. It's like because you trust them. There's a rapport there. Whereas like a stranger, you don't know who they are. You don't know if they're going to mess things up. You you trust them. And it's just those are the I mean, you only know the people, you know, exactly. Like if you got to fill a position and it's like that's your job to fill that position. Well, right. I can only fill the position with someone I know. Yeah. You know, yeah. But why would you put the extra effort to like reach out to other people if you know someone, you're friends with them, and you know they're gonna do a good job? Like, why would yeah. you go outside that circle? Yeah, but I would agree 100. percent Like you said, if if they're incompetent, then that's the problem. If they're good at doing the job, then yeah, people aren't gonna like that. Maybe you knew them already, but you know, yeah. you can't deny if someone's good at it. But if they're bad at the job and they're just connected to you, and you just keep them there or get in the spot, and then it's like you know, someone else could be doing this way better. Yeah, which is and that's when it gets messed up, and that's why I understand it gets looked down upon. But For other sure. than that, I I get it. But um, uh, what are we talking? Oh, the the Disney stuff, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, he actually the author Rick Riordan, like you were, when you remember when you asked like, oh, he didn't negotiate that deal. Yeah. Um, to yeah. like he this time he did. He learned from his mistakes. And he was like, listen, we're not doing this unless I'm a producer. Basically, mm-hmm. I get final say. I'm making sure the story is is accurate to what we did. Um, and they were like, fine. And then um, they actually on Twitter, the reason Disney execs were even considering taking it up was because uh, all the fans got a trending hashtag of um, Disney adapt Percy. That was like the trending mm-hmm. hashtag or Di- Disney adapt Percy Jackson. Um, and kind of shows you the power of the social social media. Right. So when I heard that on my way out, uh of of college i was like i really want to direct one of these episodes right i knew nothing about the hollywood system or what i was even like asking Mm -hmm. um from coming from someone with like barely any directing experience to just Mm -hmm. direct a tv show much less the pilot that's just not a thing that's just not what they do to direct the pilot you have to be very established because they have to trust you with a lot of money to set the tone Mm -hmm. and everything like that Mm -hmm. but i didn't know that right so i'm like i've got i'm gonna direct the tv show episode I'm thinking of ways to do it. I'm like, all right, how could I get their attention? I'm going to make a live action trailer basically as if the show was already made and they're just dropping a trailer. I'm going to get as close to Disney level quality as I can. And uh, from there, I'm going to get it trending on social media, get their attention and then like get on the, get on the project. Um, So I set off to do this. And one of my classes was actually talking about the importance of networking. And they assigned us two informational interviews where they were saying, you have to play the student card. And so he was like, as a student, people are much more likely to talk to you for whatever the reason is. And so like, basically you'd email people saying like, Hey, so-and-so my professor is, I'm a business student. I, I was at Santa Clara university at Santa Clara university. My professor has assigned me um, to, to has assigned me to do conduct two informational interviews with professionals that I admire and like look up to. Right. I was, would love to get to know about your journey from so, such and such university to where you're at right now. Cause I could really see myself doing what you're doing. 
Um, I would be willing to meet outside of business hours. If uh, I know you keep a busy schedule, so I'm willing to meet outside of business hours, mm -hmm. um, outside of Monday through Friday. And then would sometime next Monday morning or Friday afternoon work for you? That's like the little prompt. Yep. Um, and so I sent that to a bunch of people and I was looking through LinkedIn because um, I was like, maybe if I could find someone who's Disney related, I could like tell them about this project. Right. And so I'm browsing through and I see this guy pop up and on, on his little post, the Jonas Brothers dad had commented on like one of his posts and said, great job on this. I was like, who's this guy that the Jonas Brothers father is just casually telling them like, yeah. good job. So I click on his thing and it says uh, Hollywood and social impact and back a little background about me social entrepreneurship is like a big passion of mine i actually went to uganda the um for my junior year a summer doing a research fellowship and like junior business consulting okay. with um new cafe which is like uganda's like biggest um coffee farmer cooperative that has like a million coffee farmers okay um, and so social social entrepreneurship is like a really interesting thing right and this kind of goes back to um reaching out to people you just find genuinely interesting you don't know who they know right so it's like at first what could got me to click on it was like oh like jonas brother's dad but then when i actually looked through him it's like i actually just want to get to know this person you know like i just mm -hmm. think what he's doing is really cool so i sent him the email reached out he responded like the next day i think he was just surprised that like someone from college would just reach out to him um and when i was telling him about the project we were we got to talking basically throughout the informational interview and uh, I was talking to him about my interest in social entrepreneurship, but also my interest in, in um, media and, and directing and like how I'm trying to find the balance between the two. Um, Cause I told you earlier on that I'm trying to do start a business at some point too. Yep, um, yep. And so uh, I got to telling him about the project that I was starting. I was like, Hey, like I'm doing this Percy Jackson thing. Uh, it's like a, going to be like a fan trailer trying to get onto the project. And he was like, what was this author's name? And I'm like, Oh, Rick Riordan. He searches it up. And he's like, Oh, a uh, funny story. I'm actually really good friends with his agent. Uh, so just like send it to me when you're done and I'll send it to him. And so when yep. I said, I was like on the moon, bro. Like I was like, oh my God, are you serious? What are the chances that this random person that I just thought was cool would be like the, the connect I needed for this project, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So fast forward eight months, knowing that like, I'm like, I'm telling everyone like, okay, we have like a direct connect to Rick, right? Like whatever we do, just know that Rick is going to see it. So like, let's put our best into this, right? Absolutely. So I commit like a lot of my money, <laughs> um, which actually it wasn't that bad. I got lucky because I, I filed for unemployment after I got laid off from my job from uh, school uh, mm -hmm. for COVID. And so I got like a lot of like money from the unemployment um, offices or something. Yep. Uh, yep. Um, and so I used a lot of that to like fund this project basically. And yeah. so like, I got like the biggest team I'd ever gotten for a project. I had like student producers. I had like, uh, like a whole ass cinematographer. Like I had like this guy for like VFX that I randomly just saw scrolling through TikTok that we're now good friends, super yep. talented guy, by the way. Cause I was talking to uh, this other VFX supervisor and he was, I was telling him like what I wanted to do. I was like, I want to do like a live action minotaur and like all this stuff. And he's like, you're going to need like an animator, a rigging, a rigger and a, a, a compositor, like all this like separate, like assemb assembly chain style um, people. And uh, this guy just does it all in one, basically. So anyways, fast forward. I put all this effort into it. I, I get I get this. Sorry, thing, one um, second here. I got to. Yeah, yeah. Do your thing. I don't know what just happened. Dude. Doing another intermission. Is Siri on here? No, I just lost the whole. I can't see you anymore, but. You're still on. Uh, can you still hear me? I, I can still hear there you. There we go. 
So there we go. Okay, sweet, 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 sweet. <laughs> I got a um, call and I came to my computer too, and it just totally just boom. I was like, oh shit, disappears. We're Shut it down. Good episode. See you later, guys. <laughs> so uh, that was Colton. Uh, yep. <laughs> but but yeah. So continue, continue. Fast forward eight months. Uh, I put all this effort into it. We have like all these crazy lucky breaks, like. Um, I was planning on filming everything with like a green screen, basically, which was a terrible yeah. decision. Uh, but one of my producers was like, hey, let's see if there's like an actual like camp that like would be down to help come for us to film. We messaged yeah. this camp. Shout out camp, uh, uh, camp Kennelin camps in Santa Cruz or near Santa Cruz. Um, and they basically just they're like, yeah, like our daughters like love uh, Percy Jackson. And like, we're actually not really doing anything because it's COVID. Like usually we host weddings, but no one's getting married right now. Mm -hmm. uh so like we have all the space to just like come help you out basically so they gave us the whole place for ourselves and they came and like helped us do all these different things all for free they just like were happy to help and they brought like all these extras just up the production value crazy crazy high just by reaching out to them so that's that's another lesson i learned is you never know if you just ask yeah just yeah. ask exactly 100%. everyone we asked was like down to help basically mm -hmm. Um, which I don't think is the norm, but like, usually like you'll get people who are down to help and then people who just don't want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, and then you actually develop a thick skin. Cause like you, you learn not to take it personally. You're like, ah, it's, yeah. I don't know what's going on in their life. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, we put all this effort in and then like, it's, I like, I, it's like grind time and I'm like editing the whole thing myself. Cause I don't have anyone else to edit it. And, um, I'm like learning how to, I learned that like, trailer editing is different than normal editing it's a completely different art form form that people specialize in so i'm oh, like really? all right i guess i'm learning how to trailer edit for the first time ever and uh i think this is like my like calling card this is going to be like the thing that launches my career right because rick's going to see this and i'm going to get onto the project and from there i'm going to have the success story of like this super young director who like mm -hmm. first project out of the gate like just got on onto like this big disney show and everything like that and um I, 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 my parents are also, I'm living with my parents at the time and I'm still actually, and then we're, uh, we're moving. So like people are literally, like, I'm literally not even kidding to you, Colton. Like I'm at the point where I'm like on my computer, hunched over trying to edit as it's lagging, looking like my computer's overheating. And in the back, people are just running around packing boxes, reaching over me. My mom's like yelling at me to like move something with her. Like, cause we're all just like, we're packing the house. Yep. So it's like grind time, super stressful get it done, post it, send it to the producer guy I told you about. Um, he watches it. He, 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 I don't hear back from him for like two days. I'm like, that's it. He's not going to talk to me again. He gets back. He's like, just sorry. just got around to watching it. I was super busy. He's like, wow, this is super impressive. I'm like amazed that you got this together as promised. I'll send it to his agent. Mm -hmm. So I he's like, um, maybe it'd be good to like get some traction on it. So you could send it with like showing that some fans are, are liking it. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I'm like, I spend like the next week or two trying to promote it. Uh, all the people of the project are promoting it. And then I spend like a day drafting like the perfect letter. Dear Mr. Riordan, like um, I'm my name is Bishoy and I'm like, this is my what I'm doing. And like, I'd love to be on the project in any capacity. And then dear um, um, his agent, uh, Ms. Goldsmith, uh, Goldsmith, Goldstein, Vane, Goldsmith, Vane, Vane Goldsmith. Ellen Goldsmith Vane. I think that's her name. Um, <laughs> and uh, she, uh, I'm like, I like, thank you so much for like forwarding this, like uh, yada, yada, yada. Just like drafting the perfect, sending it to all my friends. Like, does this look good? Does this look good? Yep. Finally, I send it out to him. He's, I send it to, to the producer, Mike Bruce, producer connected. His name is Brian. I send it to Brian. He sends it. He's like, all right, sent. And he tags me on it. 
day goes by nothing second day goes by nothing and then finally she responds dear brian uh hope everything's going well with you thank you for reaching out unfortunately i can't accept unsolicited material for related to percy jackson sorry to disappoint and that was it what yeah that was just all the dreams she couldn't even she couldn't even watch it or she said she couldn't watch it i don't know if she actually watched it or not but um she couldn't she couldn't watch it and then i talked to a manager later um who's in that space and she was like yeah no one related to percy jackson can legally watch your stuff because that opens them up to liabilities and lawsuits um so he she was like i get why you thought this would work and this was like a good thing to do and it, she was like it was a good thing because i literally asked her I was like was this just a waste of my time she was like no because it shows you're talented it shows that like it's a really nice piece for your like um your portfolio mm-hmm. um it just can't be like the main thing and yeah no one no one could watch it basically uh Damn. that's related to the project could you put it out publicly though yeah they don't care about that Unless yeah. I'm like making money off of it, I think that yeah. can cause problems. But no, it's it's on YouTube right now. It's it's at like fifty thousand views actually. It's like doing okay. pretty well. Um, what is the title? Percy Jackson, twenty twenty one trailer. I'll send it to you after. Yeah, I would love to see it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. So that was it. Was a roller coaster of emotions. I learned a lot, and I learned to deal with because I realized I had never really just failed like that before. You know well, what I mean? But I mean that wasn't really a fail. I know, and that's what everyone you shouldn't, says. You shouldn't think of it like that. I know, I know, but I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I do, I think of it like I try not <laughs> to, but like because my I, mean, I was I set out to accomplish something. I didn't accomplish it. I got it done. Yeah. And it was a, it was an accomplishment in and of itself to do something of that difficulty because that was that was the most difficult thing I've ever done in yeah. my life. Um, because I set out to basically do Hollywood level production as some business student scrub who like had never really done that before. You know, I'd only done like um freelancing videos that like my yeah. friends like clubs with like one camera and like yeah. my little editing thing you know like i would never done like i got like a sound guy and like producers and script editors and just like this whole thing you know um, well i get i get that the the whole point was to get obviously the job but yeah. i mean like you just said you did something you'd never done before so now you've proven that you can do that and yeah use it for your portfolio 100 percent your resume yeah, I don't know how it works for directors exactly, but it's basically I mean, it's the same as actors, really, because it's like you also have agents and managers. And yeah, you uh, you have to have a portfolio. And do you have like a director's to... reel? Um, no. So that's the thing that this was like my first official project. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like but in general, like would you have one? Yeah, you do have a director's reel. And yeah. director's reel. And then you have a you have a portfolio and a director's reel. Um, and yeah, you just basically try to do as much good stuff as you can so people know what you're about. See, that's the thing. Do you think you would have pushed yourself that hard otherwise? No. If I if I yeah. hadn't thought that he was going to see it for sure, I wouldn't have committed as much money as I did. I wouldn't have committed yeah. as much effort. Um, so I think it was a blessing in disguise in a weird way. But it was mm-hmm. also like, dang, like I I spent so much money on this. Bro. <laughs> like, <I was> like, <laughs> well, if it's I guess maybe if it's better than everything else, even afterwards, you could just always say like, hey, you know, if I had the budget, look what I could do. That and that's that's something that um that's that it definitely helps me. It doesn't play against me at all. And I yeah. think I have so I have one last like hail mary to try to get onto the project, um where if I promote it on TikTok, I don't know why I haven't. I think something after that like failure kind of shut me down, and yeah. it's been like three months, um and I just like haven't been able to get myself to like promote it on TikTok or like 
have you ever seen that that motivational picture where it's like there's these two guys mining for diamonds and this one guy is like one stroke left to the diamond jackpot but he's given up and he's turned around yep i've seen something like that yeah yeah and then the guy under him is like still farther away but he's like hustling yep um kind of to show like you you never know when that when you're gonna get your shot you know like Mm -hmm. keep keep going going Mm -hmm. um something in my gut and maybe this is just me being hopeful makes me think that like i'm that's that's me and all i need to do is put it on tiktok get people to see like how because it's good like it's objectively just like a good video um to get that out there and then if i get it on tiktok and let people know through there maybe then i'll be getting a chance to be like a director's assistant forever for whoever directs the pilot and if i get that chance that in, in itself is a huge opportunity do you still have a good following on tiktok yeah i got like a hundred something thousand hundred seven yeah, thousand but it's also like it's people that don't really care about me that's the thing because they all came for that disney plus membership that i told you about yeah that's why have you had other videos pop awesome. off after that though yeah i've had a couple um but it wasn't anything like crazy like no. not, i've also haven't been consistent enough to build like the brand of like Bishoy, which i yeah. need to do um discipline is something i struggle with a lot so it's hard with content creation because one you gotta if you're editing a lot, I don't know how much editing you do with TikTok, but editing's a, editing's long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least for this, for me it is. Um, I had no editing experience before. Do you doing edit the your podcast? podcast? Yeah, I do everything completely by okay. myself. Um, what does editing your podcast look like? Like, do you just like watch it again or something? And yeah, I guess I'm not doing a ton of editing, but it I watch all the way through. Yeah, and what, what so mine is is. I have my camera and it takes clips that are, it's actually way easier over FaceTime. I didn't do that for a long, for a while, but once I started doing some FaceTime ones or zoom ones, yeah. the editing's way easier because it's just one file. I don't what know if you, you have before? you, well, I have my camera when I'm doing in-person ones and it only takes clips up to 25 minutes. Oh, so I have to export the videos to my, well, I was using my phone for a while. And I still am. I honestly forget why at this point because I had to get a new computer. But I think it was because of space. I didn't have enough space on my camera or on my computer. But so I was exporting the videos, all the clips for twenty five minutes each to my phone, and then uploading them from my phone to my computer. Which uploading them from my camera to my phone, the camera is really slow at getting mm. at exporting them. It probably takes about twenty or so minutes per twenty minute video type deal like that okay. so if i got nine clips like three hours some of these are three hours long, yeah that's... it could be a long time and so um then the camera dies and yada yada so like if i'm not <laughs> if i don't have four or five hours whatever just to sit there or have my camera by my phone or it's easy whatever here yeah yes yeah. yeah, if i need to do it overnight i've done it overnight a couple of times but then again it might die and i'm sleeping but so that's just step number one and then i get it into um then i export the audio clip from GarageBand which I think I could just record because I use DaVinci to edit. Me too. I think I could just record in DaVinci, but I need to look it up how to do that. I'm guessing I could because DaVinci's badass. Um, record what? Audio. Instead of going oh, through like- GarageBand, I think I could just open up DaVinci and record an audio clip in DaVinci, but I'm not sure. I'm guessing I could, but I really don't know. When you say like like a voiceover or like the actual podcast like, session? Like the actual podcast, yeah. Also like set up DaVinci Live as the yeah. cameras and stream to it 
I've never done um, that before, but I'm sure there's something like like live lifetime editing is probably what you'd want to search. Potentially, yeah. I guess I wasn't even thinking the the camera. I was thinking just just having the mics hooked up because I use I I go through GarageBand. That's oh, okay. what I'm recording on when I'm uh, doing it in person, and then I'll just export that audio clip into DaVinci. Oh, and okay, then I, I got to line up that audio clip, which is the full clip. So that's fine. It'll be however long the podcast was. And then, but then I got to line up the video to match our mouths. Wait, do you manually line them up? Cause yeah. you don't need to do that. What? Yeah. <laughs> I'll send you, I'll, <laughs> you remind me, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll text you like a, a video, a YouTube tutorial, how to, there's a feature where you automatically sync audio. God damn it. I'm glad from we two have different from two different clips. Yeah, it's called multicam editing. See, so, man. See, I don't know these things. So <laughs> uh <laughs> so you basically it, it'll do it automatically. Premiere actually does it in like an easier way where you just like you you put you drag them together and then yeah. you highlight both of them and you click sync audio and it just does it. Really? Um but with with uh DaVinci you have to go in like the edit tab and then you have to do sync bins and then you have to click, like you basically get the groups of video clips and the audios that you want. You put them in sync, you put them in like a bin or something sync bin. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a couple other things. I don't remember the specifics, but I'll send you a video. I'll send you the video that I yeah. watched to do it. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Cause that'll Appreciate save you a it. lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that took a while at first, but it actually doesn't take too much time now. I kind of get distracted though too. I'm editing because then I want to watch. Yeah, like, you get like if I just went actual. through, yeah, if I just went through and just like hit the beginning, lined that up, hit the end, lined that up, did the next, 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 next. But then I'll, I'll like line it up, and then you know I, I'm interested in what we're talking about, so then I'll watch it again. And I haven't usually watched it back yet when I'm just first doing that because that's the first thing I'm doing. But so then I do that, and then that's interesting because uh, because the camera cuts out the guests I have usually at least the first couple of times until I tell them, cause I always forget to tell them at the beginning that I just put pictures in over so they can just keep talking and I'll just plug in a photo for the visual as the audio keeps going right. until it comes back. But so then usually we'll stop talking. So I'm going to, and they'll say, you know, something like, Oh, the camera died or, Oh, should I stop? But regardless, so I usually got to trim just like a little bit off the edge of each clip in between. And then I got to find where the conversation picks up where it makes sense. So I match those together and let's see what's after that. And then for whatever reason, which this will really help with what you're telling me, it seems like as I'm going through the process, they'll get a little off. Like even the same audio, even the same video clip, like at the beginning will be on, but then by the end of it, it'll be a little off where I could leave it, but it bothers me because I know it can be. Better. Yeah. 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 So then I, I, so then I'll fix that, which is usually at least six, again, six clips. So doing 10, 12 times, whatever. And then I go through it um, and try to, I guess, cut out anything if there was anything, which usually there isn't that I want to have cut out. I used to even ask them, like, is there anything you kind of said or you could remember that maybe you don't want out there? People always said no. So I honestly just kind of forgot about it and stopped asking. Yeah. I, uh, I think it's interesting that you get sucked in and you start watching it. Yeah. Because for me, I actually, once the, con- like, like, I don't want to watch it again. Like, I know <laughs> I was there. Like, you know, like, I, I, was, I know what was that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I like to what I think why I was watching from the beginning is because then I would try to to be efficient as I was editing through. I'd listen through and try to write down parts of the conversation that I wanted to cut out for clips so that I wouldn't have to go back and re-listen to it completely again. Yeah. Figure out and try to remember what those clips were, where they were exactly. Because then I'll just write it down in my notes. I have a whole thing of like, you know, cut here, this time here, this time here, this time here. As you're doing the podcast? as i'm editing through oh okay and yeah if something catches my ear i guess of like oh this is kind of an interesting part then i'll try to kind of listen to where in there what part of that part of the podcast do i want to cut as a clip mm. um i don't know i think i definitely am way more efficient than i was when i started absolutely but i definitely also think i'm there's probably like what you said things i just don't know which would help me a lot because I kind of figured out how to do it and I've just gotten better at that way, which when I started, I had no idea what I was doing. So it probably wasn't the most efficient. Yeah. I mean, that's how it all starts though. You got to start somewhere. You can't expect to be like perfect out the gate, but I do think learning multi-cam editing is going to save you a lot of time. Okay. I'm going to look it up for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Cause it's useful too. When you're, when you're filming with multiple cameras, if you're on like a shoot and you have a camera, B camera. Yep. Um, I learned it and it was like, it was like a godsend after I learned it. Cause it's like, instead of, it used to be where like, let's say I had a camera and B camera. Right. And mm-hmm. I was editing and I would have to get like, I have my main a camera clip. And then every yep. once in a while you want to do like an insert of another mm-hmm. shot angle. Right. Mm-hmm. Usually what I'd have to do is like, I would go in and then like find that little clip and then drag it, cut to where I want it. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, it's just yep. like way too long of a process. Yep. Multi-cam editing, you just drag all the clips that you have that you want there to be. You set what your main one is going to be. And in real time, as you're watching it, you can just insert. Oh, like I want B camera here. You just insert. You just click a button and insert. Just button? God yeah, damn. and just insert. <laughs> it's so nice. It's so nice. Um, Multi-cam editing is going to save my life. It's, I, think, I, think it'll be, I think it'll be a game changer for you. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, see, there's um, things like that you don't even know, though. Like you don't know to look up what you don't know. So, that's true. And it's like things don't often usually pop up unrelated at least for editing, no. like, oh, this, you know, if I search whatever, and then another thing would pop up and, and say, you know, this would actually help someone who's also looking for this. It's usually all just what I've already looked up. My VFX friend um, who helped me with the Percy Jackson project, he was mm-hmm. telling me that one of the best things he did was just to start watching random tutorials related yep. to VFX. Yep. Because even if he wasn't going to do that specific tutorial, they would usually do something in there that he always had a problem with, but just never knew like what to search to find the answer. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a good idea. It really yeah. is a good idea because yeah, I've learned, I mean, that's how I've learned everything is YouTube. So the, yeah. the videos that are on there are great. Usually you can always find something that is a good video for what I'm trying to fix. Yeah. I don't it's, think it, I've had, there's one time where it took me a little bit. I really had to dig. I don't even remember what it was though. Oh, it was, it was actually with Adam's episode of mine because that's the one episode where, of course, the one that's like wildly done the most uh, successful wise. That's the yeah. one episode where GarageBand like quit on me and it, it didn't save our audio tracks. So you have to use the camera audio. So I had to use the camera audio and it sounds way worse. Um, yeah. But I loved the conversation. I loved the podcast. I was like excited afterwards. I don't know. You know, when you just have a good one. Yeah. And I was like, damn, that was a really good one. And um, yeah, I came back in and I was just saving it, whatever. And then it said something about couldn't save and it like quit. And I was like, no. Damn. 
and I went back into it and it saved, I think his track with mine. So I was like, maybe I'll go back and forth with like, that's going to sound weird. And I was like, no, I don't want to delete it and have him come back. Cause you know, scheduling stuff for people too. Everyone's busy out here. Yeah. And uh, so I just decided to keep it, but I was trying to edit to make it sound at least a little bit better, the audio, but I had to learn things that I'd never done before. And I was messing, like bending like the sound waves. Oh, and, and try to like, like make it a little nicer. Yeah, because it was like really, it's high ceilings in here. So it's really echoey. Um, if it's not on the mic, like the regular, the camera audio was very echoey and sounded far away and all this and that. And I definitely made it better, but it still very much sounds like it's audio from a camera, not a mic. Yeah, I was going to say that the audio for that one was kind of hard to hear. But I think what Absolutely. also saved you was, I think people, Adam had enough fans go to it that they wanted to like watch it regardless. I yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's what I mean. Once, once he... Once that show came out for him, it was, it was, yeah, people were looking for anything I'm sure about him. And that was already up. That had been up for a couple of months. So it did, yeah. it did work out well that way, but yeah. it's always like, damn, that's, that's quality wise, not at all conversation, like guest wise, but like my own editing quality wise, that's like the, the worst one I have. <laughs> yeah. But like you, you learn, right. And like, I don't absolutely. I, would you, would you consider getting like a separate recorder? Like that records like a, like, so like a lot of audio guys, they'll have like a separate recorder where they connect the mic to that recorder. And mm. I think sometimes it'll record even like a backup track just in case. Okay. And so you just transfer that file to the computer and then you do like the syncing cool. afterwards. So is it, is it just like the, the little ones? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just I'll uh I can send would, you a couple too. I would that connect to my audio interface? I think so. I'm not a super big audio guy, but I think it should. I think it either connects straight to the mic, like you just plug the mic into it, or you connect to the audio interface and then you connect the mics also to the audio interface and then it kind of okay. just does its thing. Okay. Um but that might be something cool to look into just so you don't have that happen to you again. Yeah. Hasn't happened since and, and never did before, um, which is awesome. But yeah, that sucked that it even has happened one time. Because that's always the, the fear. Like, oh, shit. It's like pause afterwards. Like, okay, make sure this saved. Make sure yeah. it's saved. Yeah. It's saved. And I'm like, all right, we're good to go. The, that's the worst <laughs> thing also when editing. Sometimes if something doesn't, like for, there, there was a time when I edited something, like I spent like three hours doing something on Premiere Pro. It crashed and none of it had saved. Yeah, Da Vinci. Da Vinci had an update a month or two ago, probably about a month ago. Nothing ever had no issues, no crashing, nothing until that update. And then ever since then, it's gotten better, but there was a week or two where yeah, it would crash. It would just freeze. Like I'll just get onto it. I'll just open it up. I'll just move it, just scrolling, just scrolling from like not even clicking something, just scrolling on there would freeze and it would crash. Oh, yeah. They're trying to get fancy with it. That's the problem. Yeah. And I don't know if it's maybe too much for my computer at times because I, I do have a lot of tabs open. But when that happens, I will try to exit out of everything and get you can't shit. have Chrome, bro. Chrome yeah. can't be open when you're editing. It takes up way too much processing. It takes way too much processing speed. That's the only time I, I don't Are you? You're on a Mac. Yeah. So I use That's, Chrome. So you're teaching me. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I would use like. I use Safari or something. When I was on Windows, I would actually use like Microsoft Edge, which like yeah. sucked and no one used it. But because it was optimized for the system, it, um, it won't use as much. I don't know what it is about Chrome. They just use up so much processing power. If you go to yeah. your like task manager, mm -hmm. when you have Chrome up, it'll you'll see like it's using like 30, 40% of your processor. It's insane. Damn. Yeah. Damn. So that's it then. Because I got tabs that I just keep open. 
I think like, like I have editing on Canva, like thumbnails and all those things. Um, yeah. I kind of have some things laid out to where I can just plug some shit in there and, or just start over new. So I have like four tabs of Canva open 24 yeah. seven. They're always Chrome will, there. Chrome will screw you over, bro. God dang Chrome it. Really Chrome. I'm going to exit out right now. It's <laughs> your own browser. It just ends the conversation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess we're on Chrome. Probably. <laughs> Damn, you really took that advice to heart. <laughs> yeah. I'm done with it. <laughs> screw Chrome. Uh, I like Chrome, but now I'm not going to use it while I'm editing. That's for sure. But yeah. Have you ever done psychedelics? Yeah. Which ones? I uh, dropped acid a couple times in high school. Never did shrooms. Wanted to. Tried to multiple times and it just kept failing. Like the plan kept <laughs> failing and failing. Oh. <laughs> ate a pound like, of them and it didn't failing. work. <laughs> <laughs> no, my friend was supposed to get him three times. We were supposed to get him from a friend of mine in high school. And it just Bro, didn't happen. I just signed up for uh, uh, this church in Oakland. Uh, a what? It's a church in Oakland. Okay. It's called the Zide Door or something like that. <laughs> it's basically made so you could just like buy shrooms. Really? It's like legal. Yeah, because they decriminalized it in, in Oakland. Okay. Um, but also because it's part of their religion, uh-huh. you like they can't make it illegal to have the sacraments, which is even if even when we're like through shipping. No, you have to go in person. You have to go there. You have to go in person. Yeah. So um and I think I don't think they're actually I don't think they made the church just to like like BS their way and like get shrooms. Yeah. I think they actually like believe it's part of like their like like religion or whatever, yeah. like their philosophy. Um, but you could apply to be a member of it. I just I just applied yesterday. And got so what happens? Can you use that excuse if you were to get caught with them? That's what I was wondering. I think you can. I think you can. Um, and I've also heard that, like, if you don't have like a crazy amount of like shrooms or whatever, it's obviously just for personal use. Mm-hmm. Most cops will just be chill about it just take it they'll just yeah they just won't be that they'll know it's not that serious but yeah. that's like a pretty risky thing to count on so uh, <laughs> yeah, <be> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but i, me, I would i would find say the one good cop out here not the one yeah, good cop yeah, out here well, but that's probably your best chance is if you're part of that church to be like this is part of my like religion basically yeah <laughs> yeah i mean that's a good it's a good way to go about it that's smart those little workarounds with churches they always got their own rules yeah they do so <laughs> i feel a little weird about it because i have like my own like actual like church like i'm because yeah. i'm coptic um yeah. and uh they're like what are you doing they yeah. found out <laughs> hey so we heard you uh you're double <laughs> dipping <laughs> what what's, is the uh, what's going what on church? what what is it called again my church or the- no the one in oakland a uh, zide door zide door it sounds yeah. like side door I think that's what it, maybe that's like a play on words or something. What is it? Yeah, it sounds they, like come, there's come to the side door. Sneak you some shrooms. <laughs> they also sell cannabis. There's an article where they got raided. Bro, this is off. definitely a place just to sell drugs. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you got everything you want there with their church. There's a there's an article where uh, there's uh, they got raided one time by yeah. the by the Oakland police, and they actually yeah. they're suing them now for like millions of dollars. Um, suing the police yeah because they it wasn't it wasn't legal that for them to raid it like they weren't because it's a religious building probably yeah and also it's also like decriminalized in oakland there's just a bunch of stuff i'm not sure what the yeah um but they they have the picture of the dude i don't know if you could see it from here but that's like <laughs> that's the leader yeah the dude's just like get up just made me laugh it's just yeah. like some like white guy and like hella like yeah. cultural looking clothes and 
crazy <laughs> crazy religion outfits man yeah i don't know i'm not super religious i don't i don't know how religious you are but i i go back and forth i was raised in a pretty religious household uh coptic yeah. orthodox um religion's like a pretty big thing in egypt what's coptic coptic it's like uh well coptic actually means egyptian in greek okay. um but it was like it's like the most i guess the most direct line of descendants from like the actual ancient egyptians um okay. because like the coptic language was the fifth and final uh iteration of the pharaonic language okay. um and it has like a lot of greek influence in it it's always it's kind of hard to say like we're like the direct descendants because like technically we are but also there was so much like intermingling with like people that took over egypt at different times mm-hmm. that it's like it's good and also like a lot of the muslims nowadays um a lot of their ancestors were probably coptic at one point but then converted when that when the arabs came and took over mm-hmm. um but but yeah coptic the actual translation is coptic is egyptian and then coptic orthodox is a type of um are you familiar with like there's three branches of christianity mm-hmm. so it's actually inaccurate when someone says i'm christian and they're talking about protestants so mm-hmm. it's actually christianity is like the main thing and then there's three branches where it's protestant catholic and then orthodox mm-hmm. and under protestant there's like a thousand different branches um and then under orthodox there's oriental orthodox and eastern orthodox Eastern is like Greek and Russian. Oriental is Egyptian, Ethiopian, uh, Chinese, Indian, um, and Eritrean. And I think maybe a couple others, but I can't remember. There's not a huge difference between Oriental and East uh, Eastern. It's like a couple things that like the fathers got pressed about something yeah. about Jesus is like divinity or something. I don't know. For me personally, I'm like, if you're team Jesus, you got the main idea. You yeah. got the- <laughs> It's not that. TJ, what up? Yeah. Exactly. TJ stand up. It's like, yeah, it's um. so yeah, I was, I was raised in a pretty religious household. Um, I don't, I don't really believe a lot of what like the traditional teachings are in terms of like, I feel like there's a lot of cultural influences that I don't really agree with. Like, yeah um like there's a lot of they don't agree about like like um homosexuality for instance where like i it's not a personal issue for me but it's it's more of like i just don't agree with that with their stance on that yeah um they are very like sexually like restrictive and i just don't agree that that's like a big deal that like god would trip over about mm-hmm. um like i don't think you're not you're gonna go to like hell or something because like you like you had sex or like you kissed someone or something. it was it was so restricted yeah. that at one point like i remember in sunday school they were telling me like you shouldn't it's a sin to kiss people outside of marriage because like you're giving a part of way part of yourself away every time you kiss someone i was like that's just we we need to stop (laughs) stop that right now (laughs) that's where it's like i think things like that back in the day like centuries ago or even a century ago less than that even like i don't know i don't know if it's technology wise or what people just don't believe i feel like people wouldn't believe as easy things like that that they would have in the past i think a big it's part like of it, yeah sorry go for it i just i don't even know how to explain that the best but just like i don't want to say we're smarter but i think just because of technology and how society is and you know we know like magic is fake like i don't know all these things we know what's real almost more in a sense of or people I feel like I'm explaining this really poorly. People in the past would have just been, I don't know if you say more gullible in like believing yeah. what the church is telling them more so than today. I feel is probably the best way to put it. Yeah. Well, I mean, like if you were like an ancient person, regardless of the religion, if you saw like the Aurora Borealis or whatever, yeah, 
you'd be like those are the gods yeah you know absolutely but, but now we're just like no it's like the way the light hits at the yeah. center of the equator whatever right i don't even know yeah. what it is but like yeah. um i think also now that we social media and just the internet has allowed us to see how like different cultures like if you think about think about like before social media was a thing right you grew up in your spot you had no idea what was going on in like across the globe and yeah. you didn't care right you didn't yeah. even know what was going on like across the state probably mm-hmm. right um so like you grew up in your religion you were like this is the right religion this is like what i've been taught like this is just this is just the thing you know yeah, it's what everyone knows everyone thinks exactly all the adults but, tell me this so yeah but now right. you, yeah you log on to like social media you're like wait a minute like oh you go to university or whatever you're like wait like you're you're hindu you meet a buddhist person you meet um you meet like a Christian person, you meet a Muslim mm-hmm. person, you meet a Jewish person, and all of those people were raised to believe that their thing was the thing, mm-hmm. just like you were. And then you start to realize, okay, maybe there's like there's something off about all yeah. this, you know? Yeah, um, or just different different ideas. Yeah, so it's I think that the fact that we're exposed to so many ideas, it's very difficult to fully believe like in a religion um, nowadays. And I actually, I actually wish I was a more religious person because I see the peace that it brings by parents. Uh, yeah they like pray for things but see that's the thing i think i'm not super religious myself and um i don't believe i believe in like the metaphorical lessons of a lot of the things i can see the good in that what i don't know i don't know if it's like trips me out but like i just can't i can't get on that same wavelength of people who like literally interpret the bible literally yeah like this happened as it says you know like yeah that type of stuff it's in any whatever religion but i just i grew up around christianity so that's just the only one i know but so i can see that just seems crazy any of the like there's normal stories that can obviously happen but then there's like some crazy stories that just seem completely impossible yeah and just we'll just even like what is it like god i missed my piss a lot of people off but like jesus was born from mary who was a virgin like what yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like come on we all know what it takes to have a child <laughs> like, but hey you know what okay um well yeah i mean you, and that's always gonna thought. be the case you're believing yeah. to an extent of like magic if you're yeah that. And- well that's kind of why i was referencing magic earlier i didn't really know how to put it mm-hmm. but like we all know magic is an illusion we you know we don't know how magicians do it depends but on when you do when you about. do see a magic trick done by at least in my experience when you do see one explained it's like oh Wow. Yeah, but he that's that's that. that's the commercial magic that was like for me personally. Like I don't know, maybe like because I I did like LSD once, okay. and I think um something about that like like for me I've always kind of seen like magic isn't what like the Harry Potter stuff is with abracadabra stuff. It's more yeah. of like um like the fact that we're all just alive and breathing and life itself and like we're on this like floating space rock that like. Yeah, we all are like seem to have like some sort of like same similar design of like two hands and two legs and just the idea of life itself and like mm-hmm. intelligence and consciousness all that to me that's magic right there i don't know if it that's is. god or jesus or aliens or universe or what but to whatever it is it's it's magic for me that is i agree with all kind of like what i was saying about chemistry it's just all chemical reactions that just like something comes from something completely different some comes from like these two other things like just touching each other yeah it's like what the stuff hell? happens yeah yeah so no I, I would agree with that 100 um you could say that's magical absolutely i don't even remember why we were talking about that but i think you were asking me what coptic was 
and I was telling yeah, you talking about religion. Yeah, Coptic Orthodox. The Orthodox faith is interesting actually in that like their whole thing. If you get down to like the actual root teachings and not necessarily what some like random priests will tell you because like, mm-hmm. that's what they were taught. Um, if you get to, to the actual teachings, the main important thing is like, do you believe that Jesus resurrected or not? If you do, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter if you believe in Noah's Ark or Jonah yeah. and the whale or anything like that. Um, that's it's not relevant. Yeah. Know? So that is kind of what I was gonna say. Is is I think a lot of those stories are good lessons metaphorically. Yeah. Not, liter- not literally. Like this literally happened. I think I can completely see. Okay, this maybe I could relate my current day life to this story. Could it maybe show me a good way to behave or a good way to act or something to do if I'm like struggling or, or something like right. that? Right. Yeah. It's not something I go to, but I can understand that with people of who go to it in that sense of showing them how to maybe handle life or just a tough situation or just how to live in general. Um, I, that makes complete sense. And I can see how that makes people happy and yet just benefits them and makes them a better person. Um, yeah, I guess that, that that's kind of that. I think, I think though, cause I remember being, cause I went to a private where I went to college was private. It was a Catholic school, but it wasn't super strict at all. We had to take, to, we had to take a lower and upper theo class that was it mm. we didn't have to like go to church or anything i mean you obviously could they had it there they kind of introduced it your freshman intro or like move-in weekend whatever they kind of made it seem like they you spoke as if money. you had to go but yeah. you did not have to go oh, okay <laughs> so at first everyone kind of thought do we have to be here i don't know they kind of act like it but then you very quickly realize like, no oh, you don't okay. have to go but you have to do those classes and i remember in my upper theo class we were talking about that kind of like morals and some of the people in there were just so um, stuck on the idea of like what to know, how to know what is right if it's not t- like told you through maybe the Bible or through religion. Wait, and sorry, what do you mean? Like, like <clears throat> the, I remember the, the, just having some debates because we would just talk sometimes in class. And these some of the people like I, I believe I try to do good and try to be a good person. And I think generally, you know, it's pretty clear in what, in any given situation, what kind of the right thing is to do. There's hard situations where maybe it's foggy or like yeah. either way it could be right and good for some people and, and bad for others and going either way. But you just try to always do the, the right thing, try to be nice, try to be kind, try to be accepting. And I think it's pretty I'm getting typically, my charger, by the way. That's what you're I'm good. Yeah, you're good. Typically pretty easy to follow. And they were kind of, what they were kind of saying is that, you know, how do you know you're right if it's not, if like uh, a teaching in the Bible didn't tell you that was right. And it's like, well, just don't be mean to people, you know, like don't be <laughs> evil spirited and like try to hurt people like that type of stuff. That seems pretty easy. You know, I don't have to have, you know, any religion or God or, or, or religious figure tell me that, you know? Oh, are they, were they basically saying like, if it weren't for the Bible, there would be like no morality kind of thing? Kind of. Yeah. And like, they wouldn't know from right or wrong without uh, religion. And it's like, yeah, it's, well, it's kind of a dumb argument. Yeah. And it's like, I get their point of like, if there's nothing telling you, then it's kind of just up for anyone's random interpretation. But I think if you're a good person, which I think most people are. I do feel that you at least know whether you do it or not. You at least know what kind of the right thing would be to do to be a nice person in any given situation. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think a, I think a better argument that they would, that would go in their like favor 
would be like um like C.S. Lewis. He's like, do you know what an apo- apologetic is? I've heard of that term, but I'm not 100%. They're basically like defenders of a certain faith, um, okay. whether that's like Islam or, or Christianity or Judaism or whatever, that try to basically defend the faith with like facts and logic and reason, um, mm-hmm. as opposed to just like, just like believe because we told you to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so C.S. Lewis is like a pretty big Christian apologetic. Um, and he, he was basically saying like, I used to say that there could be no God because there's so much evil in the world. Mm-hmm. But then I quickly realized by what metric am I measuring this evil? And he's kind of saying like that, like, if there is no God, there's no such thing as evil is his argument because there's, cause God would be the moral rule giver. Mm-hmm. And if there's no moral law giver, there's no laws to break. Mm-hmm. So there's no such thing as good and evil. It's all just relative. Uh, moral rel- relativism tends to fall apart pretty quickly from a non-religious, just philosophical argument um, for the most part, but I'm, I'm not super well versed on it. So maybe there is an argument for more moral relativism that I haven't come across that is strong, but uh, generally speaking, yeah, I, that's, that might be a little different topic than what you were touching on, but um, I think, I think that's, I think that's, that'd be a better argument for what they're saying as opposed to like, because because what they're saying sounds like circular reasoning, which is like um, the Bible is true because the Bible said it's true. Yeah, so, like that goes in a circle, which Absolutely. like is just illogical. It's just a logical fallacy. Um, I'm, I'm like pretty passionate about this stuff because I took like, no, like, yeah. a f- I could tell. philosophy, faith and reason class in, in college. And um, because I grew up in such a religious household, I was constantly questioning. And so like I was constantly re- like researching this stuff and I still am. And I don't know where, yeah. quite where I... I would say right now I'm at a point where like I believe in God, but I don't necessarily believe like that this is like the church that you have to follow or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, so like I've researched a lot of this stuff and uh, um, I lost my train of thought. So go ahead. You were just saying, you, you, you were just saying you're, you're, you're passionate about it. And I was just going to say I can tell you're passionate about it because you already mentioned things that I, I don't know quite well. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm interested in hearing more. Like what so – what, what are you saying would be a better argument for them? Um, what, I, what I just said, basically. So instead of saying, like, the Bible gives you rules to follow and without them, you would be kind of lost. Yeah. Um, it's more of, like, it's more like going to the root of that. So it's like the Bible is describing the experiences that God has had with humanity. Mm-hmm. So going outside of that, just talking about, like, God itself right or himself or itself or whatever right um the idea that if god in the monotheistic religions the abrahamic religions the um islam christianity and judaism Mm -hmm. um it's generally believed that when you're talking about god you're talking about an all-powerful being an all-knowing being and an all-good being um and so um if they're all good and they're all powerful and they're all knowing they would know how to set like the the morality like they are the metric by which you decide if something is good or evil by. Mm-hmm. like that's that the argument goes of like this is why you have something inside you that tells you like this is it's not good to kill people and it's good to like help people or whatever right like mm-hmm. the the idea of love basically is um there's actually some interesting um uh, near-death experience people who are like non-religious they were just talking mm-hmm. about their experience and they would all describe how they felt like they were going to join this one force of like light um, and all they felt from that light was just a source of um, 
E just like I just love uh, for, yeah. uh, of un, unconstitutional. I forget the term of like unconditional. Thank you. That's the word. Yeah. yeah. Unconditional love. Yeah. Okay. They just felt this source of powerful, unconditional love. Yeah. And they realized one of the guys was, he wasn't religious. He was just talking about like, I realized that the meaning of life is very simple. It's just to love. That's it. Yeah. Regardless those of what religion you are. Yeah. People who have the experiences, near death experiences are interesting to hear. Absolutely. Yeah. There's some crazy ones, dude. There's ones where um, there's a TED talk of this, this emergency room doctor who was talking about his experiences with them. And he was saying a decent amount of them will have an out-of-body experience as they're dead um, where they see us operating on them. And they can mm -hmm. then when they come back, they could describe everything that we did accurately. So, like, we know that they were seeing us. Yeah. But the thing is, they're dead. So wow. we have no scientific explanation for how they were able to see what was going on at that time. And yeah. they describe it in a way that's um, reminiscent of what a soul would be. So for me, when I hear that, I'm like, souls exist for sure. But that's yeah, see, my personal opinion. Yeah. See, it's things, it is things like that where, you know, like I said, I'm not super religious, but I do feel there's something there. I don't really know what. Yeah. But when, when you start hearing things like that about people who obviously are not even related at all, they haven't told each other their stories, and you're just hearing similar things happen, it just logically, you're just like, okay, well, you know. Either, you, either you're either going to think that these random people are all going to be completely lying or there's something <laughs> to what they're saying. And yeah, maybe there is some something. Maybe maybe your soul is leaving your body and then, okay, well, then what happens with that? Does that go yeah. to heaven or is, or does that, or is that reincarnated? Like some religions believe or people believe or, or isn't there, there was a, I haven't seen it, but I've heard about it a couple of times, the Disney movie soul or something where there's like a, just like a, a place where they're at isn't it and then they just kind of get like shipped out into like a new body or something yeah i don't know it makes you think it makes you think that's why i don't think it's absolute you know either way i don't know but but th that i'm not like tr tripping about it either i think i am just you know i am just a human so you're not really gonna know until you die so. yeah yeah i'm not i'm not are you are you afraid able. of death We're getting really um, deep here. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Um, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. Am I, I think, I think I'd be afraid if I knew I was going to die some particular ways. Yeah. Like burning to death. Sounds horrible. It actually is not that bad. You've done it. <laughs> yeah. Last week. <laughs> yeah, <what? laughs> no, uh, uh, apparently it's like, your your sense like your sensory neurons or whatever they get burned off pretty quickly so after that you don't really feel anything really yeah it, it definitely sucks like the first like two to three minutes but then Damn. after that you're like all right I'm just i guess i gotta try this shit out <laughs> <laughs> no then then i don't know I, I i guess i wouldn't say i am i would just be more afraid of yeah things that i think would be really painful yeah but, you know, you're not going to know it probably if it's happening to you, it's just happening all of a sudden before you figure it out that yeah, you might be dead. Yeah. Like, I mean, getting like shot, if you got shot in the head, like, I don't know, I think you're just dead. You probably wouldn't feel anything. I was going to say, I feel like it, that's like a really scary way to go, but it also like probably is one of the best because it's like super quick. Yeah, you you're done. Really, I, yeah. Again, I would imagine. I haven't done it, but. Yeah. <laughs> I would imagine. I tried it out last week, so. <laughs> yeah, that or like, I mean, even if you just die of old age. In an unpleasant way, not an unpleasant way. Would you so live I, forever if you could? 
Mm. That would depend. How, how is my condition? It's a smart question. Um, let's say you're just like younger, middle-aged, like 30, 35. Hmm, I don't know. I don't Prime think of I your life live, kind of thing. I don't think I would want to live forever. I think I'd definitely be down to live longer than humans live, but I don't think I'd want to live like forever. Yeah, forever sounds kind of depressing. Absolutely. Especially if you like all your loved ones die and it's just you yeah especially yeah if it's just you absolutely and then when that happens talking about morals like you know you can do whatever the fuck you want like these people are gonna die in about 80 years i'll be chilling (laughs) that's true yeah you'd be like just not saying i would be but like how i don't know at some point you get yourself in prison then you'd be in prison for like literally eternity which is sounds horrible yeah god yeah that sounds horrible or you would just outlive the prison you know <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's essentially, you would think. Yeah. They had to get to a point where it's like, why is he here? I don't know. He's always been here. <laughs> 300, 400 years. That later. guy. Yeah. Like the guy in Batman, there. with like yeah. at the bottom of the, the little like sensei dude who like fixes oh, his the, back. Yeah. You know, at the bottom with? of the. Yeah. Is that when he when he comes out to fight Bane? Yeah. 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 That guy. <laughs> he's like, you, you don't fear death and you think this makes you strong. It makes you weak. How else yeah. are you going to fight faster than normal or harder than normal? Yeah, those are hard questions, dude. I, I don't think I would. I think, I, I think you would just be if it was if it was like a thing though. If you weren't by yourself. I oh, if it was like a community thing. Yeah, I still don't know if I would though. I'd be down to hit like three hundred, like two. Yeah, that's that's what I was yeah. thinking, like five hundred or something. Yeah, and then after that, I feel like I'd be kind of bored. I just want to see space. That's, that's the point I want to get to is like, I want to stay with civilization until we can like really explore space and find out what else is out there. And after we do that, I'd be like, all right, I think I'm good to go. That's another good point. It depends on what era of humans. If it's like the dark ages. Absolutely. I'm I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Just let me live normal. It probably sucks one time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like now, like, dude, that's, that's kind of what kind of relates to what I was saying earlier about just having an audience and, you know, social media is so new and it is what it is now. And you see what these people's lives can change from just having an audience and all the opportunities it brings them with marketing or ads or creating their own brands, their own stores. That's just now like what's going to happen in the next decade, next 30 years. Yeah. So Technology is not stopping. Like the internet is just starting. Like we, we only had the internet for 30 years. Yeah. That, that was a big reason too of, or not a big reason, but it was just one reason of what I've thought of. If if you have an audience, like it's just gonna get better for you, I imagine. Like you're just gonna get more opportunity 15, in yeah, the future. 20 years down the line. Yeah, like that's gonna become a thing. And, and just content creation. I know Gary Veal mentioned this too. And it, just getting good at that, like just doing what we're doing and, and getting better. Like I didn't go to school for it at all. I just self-taught everything, but everybody is probably going to be making content in the future because they're going to have to because people who are winning, even just like the business world, are going to be making the content. Yeah. Eventually, everyone's just going to be doing it. So yeah. anyone who has skill enough to do that, you know, could probably get paid, paid pretty well to do that. It's going to be like the business cards of the, of the future, basically. Sure, yeah, just a little video. I didn't thought about that. That's sick. Well, that's, that's also... So I've, I've personally struggled... The reason I was asking you about the whole finance thing earlier... And if you were tempted to to do that, because yeah. I've been tempted to do consulting, I think I mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't actually want to. I don't like consulting. I don't actually mm-hmm. want to do that. It's more of the idea of having like a safe job that pays well. You Absolutely. Know? Um, and 
the whole the more i learn about like going through the studio system of like hollywood to become a director it's mm-hmm. kind of annoying honestly it's oh, like it's a lot of like you don't get the opportunities that you could do mostly because either you don't know the right person or like even if you do like you have to just kind of wait your turn because there's like a seniority thing you know it's like mm-hmm. you don't just hop on and start directing a tv show episode you have to have like mm-hmm. a bunch under your reel you have to kind of pay your dues and honestly, mm-hmm. I, I hate the concept of maybe this is me being Gen Z or whatever, and I want everything now, but it's more of like, I feel like whenever someone says you need to pay your dues, all they're really saying is I did it the sucky way. And I would hate to see you do it a faster, more efficient way. So I want you to mm-hmm. do it the way I did. That's all I hear when someone says you need to go pay your dues. That's all I hear. That's a, it's an interesting <clears throat> take on that. I've never heard that before. Really? But it I'm, makes sense to me. I think that I think there's a difference between I think when someone says pay your dues, the good part of that, what they mean is you need to put in the work and earn what you get. And yeah. I think 100 percent you need to earn what yeah. you put in and the work. get get good enough to be yeah, able to but, do what you're trying to do. But if you could accomplish what you want to accomplish in three years, why would you do it in 10? Yeah. You know what See, I mean? There is, I think, probably yeah, structures like that, systems like that, where it is holding people back. But it's like, yeah, that just keeps happening because that's how it was. So then the people coming up, yeah, they don't want the people. They're a little bit more powerful than the new people. So they're doing that again to the people below them. Mm-hmm. But people don't really want to see you do better than them. They want, to yeah. see you do, you, they want to see you do good, but they don't want to see you do better. Yeah. I mean, even if strangers, they don't really give a shit, especially if you're competing for jobs. Like yeah. they want to see you do worse than them. Yeah. That means if the inverse is happening, then they're doing worse than you. Which is makes sense as well. It's just competition. Like if you both two people want only one job, only one person's getting it. But yeah, no, the jobs thing, like honestly, what happens every time I look and I'll see these jobs that pay well and I think, okay, cool. You know, I'd have a more stable, well paying job. But then I just think about having to do the job. I'm just like, fuck that. <laughs> I don't want to do that. That's dude. I look. I look <laughs> I at job postings where I'm like, I, oh, like I need to get a job. I need stability. And then I will look at the actual job posting, and I'm like, I don't want to do all that. Yeah. I don't want to do. It. And it's not me yeah. being lazy. It's like I just don't care. No. To, like you know, it's like. No, I, that's the thing. It is me being thing. lazy. I don't know. I don't think it's lazy as if as long as you're like working hard on Something other things. If, if you are working yeah. hard on things that you want to do, like that's that's where it's like you know, kind of what I was saying earlier, like with training, like. I could do, I could see that working out both for acting and training. It might, you know, maybe one completely pops off and the other doesn't. And then am I going to hate that? You know, I shouldn't, I don't imagine I would hate that because I do have passion for both of those things. Mm -hmm. And I just think they could play off each other. And if if it doesn't end up going that way, then I still have passion for the thing that is being successful. You you could also become a personal trainer for like, successful actors and just yeah, knowing them and them knowing that you like to act will probably lead to opportunities in and yeah. itself too potentially potentially and like i you know i want kind of what you're saying patience like i want i want to be you know a good actor now i want to have big roles now but i also just think you know i need to get better i need time mm. to get better so you know i don't know just it's going to take time and I'm okay with that. It goes back and forth of like me being impatient about it and just frustrated and realizing like, dude, just, it's just going to take time. And this is what it is. I didn't grow up doing this. Um, COVID happened. So, you know, 
that kind of set me back a little bit. I, I was able to do some things during COVID for sure, but I wasn't able to be in my studio. Right. Um, but with, with like, say like training, like, yeah, I could build, you know, I could, you can, and you can make really good money out here as a trainer, really good money, especially I have, a, you know, I know people who are making really good money, especially with COVID gyms were all shut down. So everyone who was training was doing private lessons hmm. and you can charge quite a bit for private lessons. So for like, when you when you say they do really they make really good money is that only if they have like really high-end clients like celebrity clients and stuff or like um clients with i'm sure money they're willing to pay more but they don't have to be celebrity you know there's so much money out here dude yeah, that's it's crazy it's honestly crazy okay. well just even i mean i mean just people i don't know what they do business people finance people influencers i'm sure yeah. like just if you just get into the like just beverly hills area not everyone over there's an actor or influencer or content creator like there's just regular wealthy business <laughs> regular wealthy <laughs> regular wealthy business people over <laughs> the there. regular one percent yeah. <laughs> yeah and they got the time or you know they, they got the money so i i know people you can charge like you know a hundred dollars an hour to train them go to their house train them so they are you know they don't have to leave you bring equipment yeah you get a couple clients like that twice a week is probably pretty minimum for working out. It's pretty casual. Yeah. Yeah. So like you just do twice a week, you know, 10 people. That's like what? Two grand a week. Like, that that's sounds crazy. like a good job. Yeah. I'm trying to get my fitness right too, bro. I'm trying to get that air fryer that you were talking about. <laughs> that's, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm not going to get it until I move. Cause I don't want to like more stuff to take with yeah. me, you know? Yeah. But, you gotta, uh, I just used one last night actually for some chicken. Oh, I love that thing. It sounds it's just, amazing. It's just easy is what it is. It's just, it made sense. When I heard you talking about it, I was like, this just makes sense. Yeah. To do. It's just, it's just easy. You, especially with chicken, like, cause that's what I cook a lot. Um, you can put it in there frozen. You don't even have to take the time to defrost it or dethaw it. Like if you forget, like you can put it in there frozen. So it's going to take a little longer and maybe the texture will be a little different of the chicken, but yeah, you can cook it completely frozen and it'll be done still like 20 minutes. What else can you make in there? Is it all just like stuff that you normally gets fried or is, can you make like, like you make rice everything. and all that? Rice? Not a pressure cooker. That's a pressure cooker. The pressure cooker. Yeah. I want to get one of those too. Cause I feel like you can literally make anything. Bro, that combo like, pressure cooker and air fryer. Oh my God. You, that's yeah, so quick. Th they have those too. I believe they have, I think I've seen them, but pressure cooker. Yeah. is even faster. I think you can literally cook frozen chicken breast in like 10 minutes in a pressure cooker. Really? Just completely frozen, put them in like 10 minutes. Like, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, it's crazy. So it's kind of scary. But um, in the air fryer, you? you can do, I don't know. I think, I assume it is. I think it's just heat. I think it's just pressure creates the heat. Yeah. So it's I just guess. the air, I think. I think. I'm no scientist. Yeah. But um, yeah, you can do fries in there. I've done steaks in the air fryer. You can do veggies in there. You can do chicken wings in there are so goddamn good. The chicken wings? It's so easy. Yeah. You literally just toss them in there for like 15 minutes just the nice and crispy there's a whole i watched a whole video there's like there's dudes who do a whole air frying series on youtube i'm pointing back way because my tv's over here oh. <laughs> i'm just going to the wall i was like looking for the dude yeah. <laughs> this dude right here yeah. some uh, guy actually just pops out with an yeah. air fryer. <laughs> you have some wings bro no um <laughs> but wow, yeah he's got so, him on top <laughs> he's got dude i might go get some right now it sounds so good Dude, oh god dude, dude that could that could be a part a series that you do i know you, earlier you're mentioning you're trying to think of different series you do for youtube by the way mm -hmm. i forgot to say that if you want someone to hold you accountable i'm happy to do it and like maybe even in, uh, when i move down to la we create something together because mm -hmm. i'm looking for people to do that with yeah um, bro. i got uh, so many youtube ideas dude let's do it 
that I, I haven't done. Um, that I still still think would be cool. There's, there's one in particular I still think would be cool. It would just require that one I tried to do in college, a lot of traveling, which yeah, I what don't was the know. traveling thing? I don't think I'd have time for it now. I actually know I, I wouldn't. Um, but I wanted to do, I was going to do a show called Rivals. And I was going to go to rival uh, college football games and just interview and talk to fans from both teams. I didn't know exactly how sure how I was going to work it out. I, I was thinking I was kind of have some questions, just kind of play like a dumb little questionnaire game. And, you know, whoever gets them right, someone's going to win, whatever. But it's going to be rivals. So I just thought that could, you know, attract some attention. And then I'd get to go to these cool football games. And Why don't you just do that but with Zoom? Well, well you can't go to, to the football game, but like. But you'd have to, I mean, I was just walking up to people, oh. random, random people. Oh, like, gotcha. we'd, like we'd go to the tailgate and just start talking to people. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see yeah. what you're saying. I, I, I thought mean, you were like, I guess you could kind of do it, but like you'd have to just like intentionally pick out like students at that school or just like, hey, I'm doing this show. Like, yeah, I guess if I found them through social media, which is definitely possible. Yeah. But, and that's how then you just you. have to randomly ask them, which the likelihood of them answering is maybe 50 50 i feel like it's actually pretty high for people that aren't like influencers already you know true yeah because they probably think it'd be cool yeah they probably don't get that request a lot too especially if you already have like a show going which you do yeah yeah Yeah, no i got i got that um i have other things i want to do so i got a lot of ideas i almost kind of want to make a whole tv almost station with my channel coming in the future so we'll see. Like I, won't, I, won't, I won't get too deep into it. Yeah. But yeah, I'm um, just don't. having like multiple shows on and then making like the channel just be like a channel. And then, you know, which I've seen some people do that already. Like, I don't know if you know. Um, sorry, I got my dog over here just doing weird shit. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Do you watch other do you watch a lot of podcasts or listen to a lot of them? Uh, not a huge amount. No. Like, just like a little bit, like a couple. Tim Ferriss is uh, okay. I used to watch Joe Rogan a little bit, but yeah, not that much anymore. And yeah, I stopped watching once he got off YouTube, just because I don't know. I just don't watch. I like watching it, and I don't. I've never watched it on Spotify. One time I tried to figure it out, and it wasn't really working, so I just never tried. Yeah, it's kind of. I'll still weird. watch his clips when it comes up. You don't get but, the comments either, too. But yeah, true. Yeah, but I was gonna say if you know your mom's house with um. No. Fuck, what's his name? I forget his name right now. He's a comedian. Uh, Tom Segura. Oh, he's, okay. he's got a show with his wife called Your Mom's House. And that's been going for, I think, a handful of years now. But now, just recently, I think within the last year, they basically kind of have done what I was just describing myself as they have like four or five other shows also on that same YouTube page. So it's like every day they're putting on a new episode, but for a different show. So, oh, okay. so Tom, Tom Segura, they got your mom's house, which I think is him and his wife. And then now there's one called like Tom talks, which I think it's just him kind of solo interviewing, like we're doing here with anybody. Um, and then there's another one, I think like two bears or something. And it's Tom Segura and uh, another comedian, um, Bert Kreischer. Because they're both okay. chub, chubby dudes, yeah, so they're calling them two bears. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yeah. then I think his wife, which I forget her name, also has her own other show now. 
but so yeah and i think they have another show where it's not even them either of them on there i forget they have like a little schedule as like their banner but that's just kind of a, a big picture i guess idea is like they they've kind of turned their which they still do their own podcast your mom's house but the whole page now is like not just for their show it's for four or five six shows mm. okay. all coming together so it almost makes it like your own little tv station that's that's basically what you're doing it's also, yeah. also like the money that you can make is just re- stupid for just my content it's stupid like if you have a million subscribers on youtube you could be pulling a hundred grand a month like because yeah. you're, you're running a broadcast station that's what you're doing mm-hmm. you know um yeah absolutely uh so and then you, it's even higher in in podcasting the money the, yeah well really? i think the i think the rate the rate you get paid i believe is higher what i've seen is higher oh yeah i don't know but um question do you do you struggle with this too of like you feel like it's almost like too late to make content because i struggle with that i'll definitely get that in my head at times and that's even with tiktok because like i i see you know like i keep mentioning gary v and he preached tiktok for a while uh I started using that, you know, before COVID. And even then I was like, damn, it's kind of too late. But like now looking back, it's been a year. It's like, dude, if I was just hustling on TikTok, I'd have a whole year in and you never know. Something might've popped. I don't, I don't think it is. I think it's really, I think it's competitive as hell, especially with podcasts. Yeah. But again, like we were just saying, all this has just started. It feels like it's been a while, but it's only been a couple of years and it's just going to continue. It's not going to go away. I also think that, Something I try to remind myself is even if it's kind of late, late in the game, the internet is so massive that like, if you think about like the billion people or whatever who are on it, getting like a fan base of a million people is actually not that like is is feasible because that's such a small, small portion of like the people that are on the internet. Absolutely. And they're all accessible to you. That's the thing. I mean, anyone in the world who has internet, which isn't everybody, but billions of people have potential access to see whatever it is you're doing so really everyone could be a content creator i feel yeah oh yeah so like if i mean i think if you had i don't know if you were just having probably like little lily she's barking what kind of dog do you have she's a morky she's she's a little puppy she'll come over here i'll pick her up but um she's playing right now yeah if you had like ten thousand people if you said ten people ten thousand people uh lily hey come here looking at me <laughs> sorry it keeps getting You're good. but if you had she'll probably bark again as soon as i start talking again. if you had like ten thousand people watching you know per episode you know you could advertise on that absolutely and probably probably completely support yourself and that's just ten thousand people which sounds like a lot when you're just starting i mean absolutely it is a lot but yeah, yeah when you think like what you're saying how many people are in the world how many people are on the internet it could be just one video like your tiktok video and yeah. then you could have a platform for fucking as long as you want as long as you keep engaging with it and and yeah that kind of again going back to the job thing like that sounds so much more like what i would like to do that's me too like life-wise for your job and if you really care about the money like yeah these other jobs are more they're corporate jobs they're stable jobs right now you can make good money with them but if you're successful at these other things you're trying to do that you're going to make most likely way more money way more yeah I definitely care about the money. My parents did not bring me from Egypt so I could be broke. That's, that's yeah. just what they... <laughs> yeah, I think you got to care about it for sure. Like, I mean, if you want to live well, like yeah. everyone's going to care about at some point, you know, you, 
but so yeah, I don't blame you. You think about it. Obviously you think about it, especially when you're struggling, when you're younger or, or starting out, you know, mm-hmm. money matters. But it's, it's cool too. Cause it's like, if there was a time for us to do it, it'd be in our twenties because no one cares if you're in your twenties and you're broke, you yeah. know, like 25 and you don't have money. Like that's, that's expected. Yeah. It's weird if you have money actually at 25. Yeah, well, you just, you might've got lucky or, or just maybe some sort of prodigy, but that's another thing I was going to say when you're talking about too late is like, when you get that in your head, I, I love finding people now who I see are successful or even as moderately successful. Like I just see them. Um, and then looking at when they started mm. and seeing how long it took them. And there was a guy, just for an example, I forget his name. I've seen his video a couple times. He has a podcast. I'm going to look him up right here too. He might pop up on my homepage. But he just passed like uh, 200,000 subscribers. I thought last you think week. he died. I thought- no. <laughs> <laughs> he just passed away. I was super stoked about it. Now I get all of his viewers. <laughs> no. He just passed. Uh, he posted. Because some I don't, I haven't done this, but people can like post now, just like a regular Instagram post on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I'll get that cool. on my phone, like pictures yeah. and like, because I watch sports talk and there'll always be like polls. Um, God, I don't know this guy's name, but whatever. He just passed 200,000 subscribers, which is obviously like, that's amazing. Amazing. Crazy good. Um, all the people are doing way better. Most people, most, most, most people are doing way worse. Um, and that's, yeah, super amazing. And then I, so then I looked back and it was like, I just started seeing him pop up and I looked back at when he started and it was like three years ago and he was getting, yeah, he had now on his first video had like a thousand views. So obviously a lot of people who see him now, I'm sure went back and looked at it, but it's like, okay. Some people get lucky, have that one video right away. They go viral, yada, mm-hmm. yada, or they already have an audience from somewhere else and they can just very easily transfer it. But a lot of people, you know, you could build something like that, but it does take years. Yeah. It takes years of, of consistently doing it, you know, and remind yourself that like, okay, it's going to be slow for a while, but if you stay dedicated, you're going to get really good at it. And I just, I don't know. I just believe that it'll happen for you. I believe it'll happen for me. I believe it'll happen for anybody who like sticks with it. There was another kid I was watching the other day who was on YouTube. I forget his name as well. I think he had a British accent. If that, that doesn't really help much at all. (laughs) But he was, he was showing, it took him getting two kids confused right now. He was a younger guy, younger than me. Might've been around your age or early twenties. It looked because he looked young. Um, but he was showing that, yeah, he posted once a week at least for like three years before he ever made any money from YouTube. So yeah. it's like, it just takes time, like anything does. So if you're going to, you know, start something, that's a big thing. I didn't realize how much of like a point with this little thing. This little thing just broke off my Mac, my Mac case. So I must have dropped it pretty hard. I just cracked off. Uh-huh. Um, but if you're starting a, like a channel, like you're literally starting a business yeah you're doing you're doing the the producing you're doing the editing you're doing the hosting you're doing at some point whatever marketing trying to get people to see it you're doing just the general operations of it like if you want it to be good you're doing all those things and starting a business is hard so that's really what it is you're starting a content business it's not like a like a brick and mortar business where you got a product your product is the content you know, it takes a lot and it takes time and it takes getting good at it and finding out obviously what it is you even want to make content about, which I don't even, 
I like what I'm doing, but at sometimes I do even feel I'm too broad. Mm. I think I think that makes it slower. That that is what I think. I think being as broad as I am, which isn't super broad, but I got three topics I could just make one show about: athletes, artists, mm. and entrepreneurs. Like I could just do a show about athletes, or just do a show about artists, or just do a show about entrepreneurs. But I want to do all three of them because that's what I like. But I think that in my mind, at least, I think that makes it longer to become potentially successful because because you're just not as focused i guess you know you're not constantly putting out music artists videos or athlete videos so then people just pick you up it's like oh this is a guy this who does athlete videos that's the hardest thing is doing that. Yeah. like with the percy jackson thing the video that i told you about it got like fifty thousand views and then i posted mm-hmm. another video about like a follow-up about like i'm gonna be making more videos about percy that got yep. like 500 so it's like okay that's clearly a niche but also, I don't want to just be in the Percy Jackson niche. Like, I don't yeah. I like Percy Jackson, but, like, I want to do other stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. See, see, uh, I'm just off the top of my head right now thinking, like, what I just said is obviously what I'm doing. But at the same time, if you if you could make one thing really successful, you know, and build a platform from that. And then I remember watching a video with Gary V again talking about this. Like, just kind of build your audience around what it is that's successful. And then, Branch out. And then you can kind of just you know throw in every once in a while other things you want to do and eventually kind of like we're saying earlier it's not going to be a new thing people are just going to know oh you also do this thing now too they might be mad at first whatever it might not be what they came there for and you might lose some things but um that that could just be another way to do it so which may be be faster i don't know i'm still figuring that out myself yeah it it might actually (laughs) I mean, there's only so many videos I could make about Percy Jackson now. So. Yeah, but just in general, like maybe movies or or novels that became movies or movie series, anything similar to Percy Jackson, you know, like could be a niche that or niche, whatever, you, however you say it, that really works for you. And yeah, then you could throw in every yeah a couple of videos here and there about other things you want to do. And I don't know, I'm figuring out to I me, mean, I'm, I'm figuring it out myself game planning trying this trying that I'll try to watch videos other people how they did it what they did you know so i'm looking at how long it took them just to be realistic because you can be really unrealistic that's another thing too with social media is you just see all these moments that you know are sort of one in a million or one in a billion even you know stories that happen to so and so and it's all over social media because it's so crazy and then you compare yourself to that and it's like well that you know. I mean, it's even close to home too. Like what happened with like Adam, for instance, that's not a normal thing. That's like, like he got really yeah. lucky. Yeah, he did. He, t- he took that opportunity and where he got lucky. And I think, I think he would say this too. And in, in, in the most positive sense is that um, he didn't do well in the first audition. And I believe it was a producer on the show came to him afterwards and said, Hey, like, I really believe in you. I really believe you're this person. I believe you're this character. I'm going to try to get you a second shot. And she did. And you yeah, killed it. That's amazing. And that, yeah, that's like, that's where it's like, wow. You know, yeah. to have that happen to you, especially as an actor, like you don't hear that. If you don't get the first audition, like there's like, yeah, see you later. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that never happened. Um, at least I hadn't heard that happen to anyone. So that was amazing. But it, it gave him, he said, like he was saying, it gave him confidence. And I can imagine like having someone on the staff. Yeah telling you like i really think you're this person 
I really think you're this character or whatever. Like, I could just see that giving you a lot more confidence again. Like other people see this in me, you yeah. know, because that's what acting is. You're trying to, you're trying to, you know, maybe at the bones of it, convince people in a realistic way that you're this other person. Do you know who Tay Diggs is? No. He's uh, right now he's doing like a pretty big role on All American. Okay. I've heard of that show. Yeah, he so he's got like a lead role. He's like Coach Billy on okay. on All American. But he um he came. He was like the artist in residence for Santa Clara one year, and okay. so um we got invited because I was a dance minor for a little bit, and we got mm-hmm. invited to be um to do like a little workshop with him, basically, right? Where we'd mm-hmm. like do like an audition in front of him, and he'd like critique it and everything. Yeah. Um, and at the end of it, he was saying how he was talking about like how his friend um would never get any roles, right? Mm-hmm. and he'd always care so much and like try really 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 hard and just like nothing just was clicking and eventually got to the point where he gave up and he was like you know what screw it i don't even care anymore and he went in with that attitude for the next audition he booked it mm-hmm. and he was trying to say basically it's like when you kind of when you go in with that energy and like that kind of you like commit to that role but you also kind of don't care what they think about you you really just like take take chances take risks and be kind of bold that makes you memorable and that makes you more likely to book that role because then you don't just like, like blend in with like the, the crowd and masses of people they saw audition, right? Like you Absolutely. stand out, you get pulled, you, they pull, you polarize them, which mm-hmm. could be bad and which be, could be good, but it's better mm-hmm. than like being neutral because polarizing means they either hate you or they love you. Mm-hmm. And eventually you'll find people that love you, mm-hmm. you know, but if you're just neutral and play it safe all the time, you're never going to find someone that loves you. Absolutely. I, 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 I would believe in that as well, or I do believe in that as well. And it's just like, I think it's nerves too. Like you can be nervous. I've I've definitely been nervous going into auditions and let it get the best of me at times because you Mm -hmm. want to do well so bad that it hinders you. Yeah. So yeah, if you go in, I mean, that's kind of, could apply to anything. Yeah. If you, if you still prepare yourself well, and are prepared for whatever it is you're trying to do and you know you're capable of doing it and you are capable of doing it but it's a situation where you don't care about it as much then it's just going to be carefree you're going to be you're going to be loose you're going to be not worried about yeah like whatever if i don't get this who cares yeah i'm just going to do this best i can and i think just that you're not going to be tight you're you're going to be loose you're not going to be nervous and you'll come across probably more real yeah whatever it is you're trying to do and like you're saying they're going to love it or they won't like it but whatever yeah. You're not going to be tripping and tight and like, yeah, doing exactly what everybody's doing. Cause you think it's perfect. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, exactly. And it, it makes you stand out. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Bef- before we go, cause we've been talking for like three hours, bro. This yeah, is, bro. They always awesome. fly by. Um, <laughs> I do want to hear about your psychedelic experiences though. Before. Um, yeah, dude. Um, I mean, I haven't done it for a long time. It'd have been, which sounds crazy. Fuck eight years now damn that's even longer than i really realized but i dropped i dropped acid a couple times in high school and the first time was at my brother's house when i was still in high school he was out of high school uh lived with some friends of his was not planned for me at least (laughs) i was actually going down i was just telling my sister this because she's here in la visiting me right now um we actually went down she was a big dance she was a big dancer really good uh, competed a lot and we went down to I met him at his house we, we went to watch her in Minneapolis dance and then just afterwards you know on an unknowing to me there was this plan 
for a big group of guys to all drop acid at, at my brother's house. And I was like, okay, I'm in, <laughs> <laughs> I'm in, I was down for it. And, uh, honestly, it was one of the best nights of my life. Really? Absolutely. It was, I, I almost think it kind of like what we were just talking about go, go. I didn't have any expectation. I didn't know what it was going to do to me. Exactly. Uh, my brother didn't want me to do it. I'll say that for sure. He, he didn't want me to do it at first. But eventually, you know, his friends who I also knew, they were my friends too, but definitely like his friends that I just got to know um, throughout the years. Because we were pretty close. Played sports together a couple times. Um, and I just knew a lot of his friends. They were even in between us. A lot of his close friends at that time were a year younger than him. And he's three years older than me. So they were just two years older than me. But... So yeah, eventually uh, it was all, all good because I was going to do what he wanted. If he didn't want me to, I guess I probably wouldn't have done it, but it was all good. And there was like 15 of us in a house just having a night, <laughs> just having a night and uh, just vibing with each other. And it, it's in my head, it always just reminds me, there was kind of two rooms. There was like the kitchen, which was like kitchen slash living room and my brother's bedroom where the two spots where everyone just kept hanging out. Yeah. But it was like two totally different vibes. One was upstairs, one was downstairs. They're like different worlds. <laughs> and <laughs> music, music was very important. Uh, we listened, I'm going to listen to a little bit of The weekend, but we listened to a shit ton of Pink Floyd, which I already liked Pink Floyd. But after that night made me a huge Pink Floyd fan. Like crazy <laughs> how much music feels different. And, and that lasted after you like sobered up too. That, what do you like, mean? Like that appreciation for Pink Floyd or just music in general. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, like it actually, it permanently changed how you feel about like a certain band. Uh, I guess. Yeah. I haven't really thought about it. I just, I liked their music before, but it's like, they were a psychedelic band. They were like what some people would say the first psychedelic rock band in like the sixties or whatever seventies. So their music catered to that. And obviously they knew that. And it was like, just hearing that while tripping was just, it just made you so fucking happy, at least to me. And that's what I think it probably does to a lot of people. And yeah. Um, yeah. It's like a feeling you feel it. You don't just hear what you feel music anyways, you know, but I would, the, even the couple of times I did it. Cause once that happened, I had such a goddamn good time. I was like, this is, <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> um and we were safe i didn't leave anywhere some of the guys left but like you know they came back they just went to get some food and we were just all in the house hanging out and having fun there was a ton of laughing um it's kind of it's it was all night but yeah there's not a ton of specific memories other yeah. than i guess the music the music is like what i remember so much the most and my brother actually had a big pink floyd banner they have this banner if you know them at all uh and it's I'm sure it's a poster. It's probably on t-shirts, but he had like a big, like loose banner of it. And it's six or seven, however many albums they have naked women sitting to your sitting with their backs to you. And all the album covers are painted on their back. So you can oh, kind of see but a little I've, bit. I've, I've but seen yeah. on so many college dorm rooms. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I just remember looking at that and just hanging out. Um, what it did though, what it, what it did at the time, which I don't think this would happen ever again, because again, like I said, I just had no expectation of what was going to happen. Right. I didn't know what to expect or feel or think 
was going to happen and where it's just like i just forgot about everything other than what was in that moment mm. like whatever was happening in that moment that's all i knew that's all i thought about because i just and i only know that because i specifically remember because i was 17 at the time so i was a junior in high school i specifically remember being in my brother's doorway and remembering that i had school on monday <laughs> just being like mind blown like what <laughs> like oh shit there's a Monday? To school yeah there's like this thing called school i gotta go back there like my whole life i remember it I was just like oh and i think i just like was like kind of like surprised but also like just laughing because the the realization that i had like forgot about all of it for a couple hours or something yeah it's just funny to me but i never had that again afterwards i i, I really think that was just because i didn't know i was just enjoying it so much at the time it was just like my mind was just completely in the moment right which was really cool honestly to think about now because i did it twice after that like within the next couple months and the second time was also fun but i, I was definitely way more aware i knew what was coming i knew what right. was happening it was still like you i was with some other friends and you'd still get forgetful but it's not like, yeah, I forgot about everything that was going on. I was just having, a, it was just fun, I guess. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. But yeah, it was, a, it was a great time. I haven't done it in a long time now. So that's the thing. Now I would be, I would still do it, but I would definitely, I wouldn't just do it anywhere. I would think I would definitely be almost more nervous to do it now and be more conscious of like where and when. Yeah, I mean. It because could be I know pretty, what would happen. You also yeah. did it pretty, it was pretty young too. At the time Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I'm not condoning that uh, <laughs> if, if it happens for you and you want to do hypothetical that. too, right? These were hypothetical situations. Yeah, these never actually happened. I just yeah, ended yeah, up yeah. on the spot. I'm really creative. Yeah, yeah. cool stories. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, I was into that shit when I was young, which probably was too young. I, was, I smoked a lot more when I was in high school. Uh, I really don't very much now, even though, you know, I live in L.A., long hair type shit. I'm sure everyone thinks I do, but yeah um i did last night because my sister came out here and, and she went to a dispensary and got a free joint so I, we smoked that but that was the first time i smoked and, yeah if you go to a dispensary for the first time usually they'll give you something for free either a shirt sometimes they'll give you free joints oh good to know yeah they're nice to you That's yeah but i hadn't smoked in probably almost almost a year which is crazy no, I feel, probably I feel, eight months. Yeah, I feel I you. Just, I'm, I'm literally counting the days that I, because I used, I did edibles like way too often. Yeah. And my sister was actually, she was like, you need to stop. You have a problem. I'm like, I don't have a problem. She's like, all right, go six months without it. I'm like, I don't want to do yeah. that. She's like, because you have a problem. And I was like, all right, cool. And now I'm on like day like 203 <laughs> or something like that. So, but you're trying to like purposely. What do you mean? You're intentionally like, are you going to go back and take a bunch of them again? I actually kind of like not, not doing it. I kind yeah. of like being like sober. Yeah. Because uh, I didn't. That's I didn't good. Like, yeah. I also like. I <laughs> I got. I got. My friends started think calling me like like a stoner and like I started getting that like name attributed to me and I just like yeah. didn't like that identity. Yeah. Because it's like I didn't identify as that. I did it only like a couple times for fun, and then when I got my own like supplies, when it became a problem, so I kind of yeah. like, all right. I need to. I think. I don't know. I, don't, I think it. Oh, what I was going to say is it, it definitely affects people differently. And if, you know, you feel good with it and you're having a good time and obviously you have a job that, you know, you're not going to lose it and things like that. It's not going to mess up your life. And 
go for it. For me, it, it was fun when I was younger, but at some point it stopped becoming fun or as fun. Uh, it is so, a little overrated to like smoke with people. It's like, you're not really doing anything. Well, that, I don't know if that's what it was for me. I don't know. I just remember really enjoying it for like the first couple of years. And then, and then I, then I just wasn't enjoying it anymore. And then I was getting uncomfortable at times. Cause I think I was probably just getting too high, which that hadn't happened before. So it was like, then it just wasn't fun anymore. And I was still doing it, but I was kind of like pushing myself to do it because it's, smoke with my friends a lot we honestly we didn't drink a ton in high school i guess relative depends on who you're comparing it to but <laughs> um but we would smoke more so then we wouldn't be like drunk driving like if we went to like a party we'd smoke earlier in the night right. whatever and then eventually later in the night we wouldn't be drunk and we would be fine enough to drive home but yeah, it just wasn't as fun. So when, actually, I, that's what I mean. I think I, I kind of did it really early where a lot of kids like wouldn't do that. Or a lot of kids do it in high school, but a lot of kids get into smoking when they're in college. And by the time I got to college, I really wanted to like stop. I was done. Uh, that's good. So I, yeah, I didn't. I did. I did it every once in a while because, you know, one of my good friends, my freshman year smoked a shit ton. So every once in a while, he would talk me into it. But I really pushed back at then. It was like, I'm not trying to hang out with people who are trying to smoke all the time anymore you know and i was drinking a lot more there but i just have more fun drinking i don't know that's just me though like other people will be the opposite or they don't get uncomfortable and it is still just fun for them you know i know plenty of people like that so if yeah i don't know i'm just rambling about it at this point but no but i i feel you it's it's yeah. different for everyone but yeah and edibles are different too because I'll, I'll, I'll still take edibles here but i don't want really strong ones i take really weak ones they're, they're kind of hard to predict, but like, I personally never liked smoking because I was like, this is definitely not good for your lungs. I'm like, I don't want to mess up my lungs. Um, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just me. It's, it's worse than not smoking. I'm sure it's, it's better than cigarettes. Maybe not, though, honestly. I don't know. No, it's definitely not as bad as cigarettes because it's like what what's in a joint is not as bad as what's in a cigarette but yeah. like it, it's definitely it's not good for you're like you're putting heat in your lungs and all the, like yeah all the stuff that comes with especially if you're if it's like a joint it has some tobacco already in it because like you usually unroll the tobacco joint to like you're talking about a blunt blunt split. see see i told you i don't even i don't smoke yeah. I, just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know i yeah uh, i i know what's going on i did it a lot when i was younger but I just kind of distanced. I guess you would say I distanced myself in college and now it's just like, you know, obviously I can do it. I'm an adult, you know, I always was not an adult, but could do whatever you wanted. But I guess in high school, it was like, I think I, in my friend group was honestly early to do it. Yeah. And then, and then, and then it was kind of known that I would. And then, and then a lot of other people, you know, sophomore, junior year started doing it. So then it was just kind of like in our friend group. Um, and so then by the senior year, by the time senior year was coming around, like that's kind of when I was already not really having fun with it. Mm. But everyone was, everyone, it was just a thing, you know, that happened a lot. So I'll still do it more than I wanted to, even then trying to, I think, I don't know. Like, I just thought like, I don't know why it's not fun anymore. I'm going to keep trying and then i don't know <laughs> like, just force it to be fun yeah like i'd I mean, still have fun but i would i wouldn't like being especially in public i think that's the big thing too in public 
Like, I don't want to go smoke and go to the fucking store. I don't want to smoke and go be at a party and just kind of like sit in the corner. Mm. Yeah. So like, that's, that wasn't fun to me at all. Uh, so that's, I think that was part of it. Cause it does sound good to me every once in a while, almost like wine would be like, I would love to just chill every once in a while at home and smoke, but I don't really buy it. So I usually don't have it. Cause it's just kind of like sporadic. All of a sudden yeah. one day I'll feel like, Oh, you know, I do wish kind of had some weed right now, but, um, but that's what I do have edibles. I'll take weak edibles. And I like those cause they're kind of just like a buzz. Yeah. It's It'll light. give me a, a little light buzz. Depends on for, the time though. Yeah. Like two hours. Yeah. And then it's like, cool. That's also why I realized I was, I was doing edibles because I wasn't happy. Like I was, oh, I was yeah. like self-medicating basically. Okay. I realized that I was doing that. And, uh, that's when I was like, okay, yeah, that's part of what, like, why I needed to stop. Absolutely. And then uh, that's also what kind of has drawn me to uh, uh, microdosing. Okay. Because uh, yeah, sorry to cut you off. Keep going. No, go I'm just no, excited no, about that because I, I I have read into that a little bit a couple of years ago, and I'm interested in that as well. What have you so, read about it? It was very minimal. I just when I was in college, it was the first time members hearing about it. So I looked it up and just read about what it even was to begin with. And I remember just reading about, cause it's not for people who don't know what it is. You're not ever getting hot. You're not like you're taking psychedelics, but you don't feel it. You're never feeling it. I remember, I remember talking about it to a friend of mine and he was like, what? Like you're going to do like uh, psychedelics every day. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> no dude why would You'd you be it's fried like, it's like dude you don't realize that, yeah it's such a small amount it's such a small amount you don't notice you feel completely normal for the most part at least that's kind of the the point of it but what i was what i remember reading about was an article because it was really popular it was saying i think it's well known now like in silicon valley like where creativity and innovation needs is constant because it's technology so a lot of people will do it there and it was a guy who would draw i think he would start with some like basic picture and he would draw he would like add on to it through drawing and he did that every day for like a month when he was microdosing and it just got like easier for him to come up with more to draw throughout mm. that month so he just it just got more detailed and he got more ideas and i guess you could also say you know he just got better at drawing that picture but you know, maybe see, it's been so long. Maybe it wasn't the same exact picture every day, but I just remember him drawing and he was like documenting the photos. He was taking photos and it was in this article of the drawings he had every day as he started microdosing and how it did get more uh, like detail oriented. He got more creative with it. Um, but yeah, he was never high. He was never tripping. That's never not the point of it, but yeah. it does interest me, I guess. Well, that's, that's why I, uh, one of my friends, he told me that like microdosing, changed his life because he he had just come up from like a like a really bad breakup and so like mm. he was in a low point and his parents was like something was going on with like family problems and just just like a really low point in his life mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and he said that microdosing really helped him get out of it and really helped him just like he was like we called it like the microdosing experiment or something where like you journal or something and mm -hmm. you, it's like a lot of self-exploration it, it just yeah it helped him which i know is super vague but yeah. the more i look into it the more i'm like this actually there's a lot to be said for this because psilocybin is being studied heavily for um, treating depression and, and PTSD oh, yeah. and anxiety and all these issues. Um, and I've, everyone I've read about that has done microdosing has only had good things to say about it. Yeah. 
and then I'm also I was taking antidepressants right now. Uh, not right now, now, but like, uh, we well, well, butrin is the one that I was taking, and I still am, but I want to get off of it and go to microdosing because it's like with well butrin, it's like if you drink alcohol, you could potentially get a seizure, um, oh. and then there's like uh, there's just like a bunch of different side effects that like I yeah. so, so far luckily haven't had any, but like the fact that like there are those kind of makes me really nervous. Whereas like psilocybin itself is known to be like one of the safest drugs for your body yeah so you have like legitimate real health reasons of why you'd want to do it yeah i'm not really the type that just wants to like i'm not trying to like trip just to like trip you know just like for fun yeah. and everything like um, well that's the thing more, of it you never would like dosing wise you never would if you yeah. if you do feel anything then you know you're taking too much yeah 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 i think for me it's more of just like i've had a lot of i i, I want to gain clarity on what i'm doing on in, in life and i also want to um i want to feel like i'm I want to be able to like enjoy it, you know, and mm-hmm. I feel like I struggle with like being present so much. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to get into meditation for that too, is because I'm mm-hmm. always, I'm constantly worrying about the future and anxiety because especially what I'm choosing to do is very like, there's no, there's no like real safety net, you know? Absolutely. Um, and it's also like being an immigrant, like my parents are like low key counting on me to take care of them in the future. You know, like mm-hmm. my dad doesn't have like a solid retirement account. Like mm-hmm. he, not enough for him to like survive on, you know, it's so mm-hmm. it's like knowing that that kind of burdens on my shoulders at one, eventually it's like, I have to be successful. And I feel like I'm in my own way with the depression and laziness that I, that I go through, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think part of that is just like laziness and just needs more discipline, but there's another aspect of it where it's like, sometimes I do feel like a little, just like numb and just can't enjoy things. Mm-hmm. It just sounds super depressing, but that's just like, that's just how well, it is. No, I think you're just being honest. And I think, it's best case scenario that you're aware yeah and so young it's not like you're gonna figure this out when you're 35 40 years old and you're like shit you know yeah like midlife crisis kind of yeah what am i gonna do now it's like okay you're just starting and you already are aware of this so like you can yeah work with things or try things to see what works best and yeah i really think just psychedelics in general and or i don't i haven't read about it recently or anything or even know what's being studied or this or that but I think what I have heard, it, they will be studied more, obviously, in our lifetime and become a, a more, you know, it just seems like, yeah, they're, they're a much better option. Because I did a paper when I was in college about PTSD and types of treatment. And so this was like, yeah, probably five or six years ago now. And even then, it was, they were the least known treatment method was psychedelics, but, and there was a little bit on there, but there was very little on it, but just them talking about that for uh, soldiers coming back and how it was working in small, uh, in the small studies that they were running to treat with PTSD, just to, and actually I had on, I should mention this. I had an, on a really cool guy, uh, Parker Olson. The mushrooms who, guy. Yeah, I was just gonna, I was just gonna mention him. I was just yeah. that's one of the ones I watched uh, of your episodes. Yeah, absolutely. And he just he broke it down really simply because he said so he took like neuroscience classes in college or something. He was like a neuroscience minor or, or something of the sort when he was in college. And he seems like a very smart guy. Um, yeah. And just yeah, how psychedelics. He was saying that basically throughout our lives, our brain has pathways of how we do things, how we interpret things, how we see things, how we smell things, you know, what something feels like when we touch it. And that psychedelics just like 
open up new paths so mm. we can interpret things differently mm. at that moment. Uh, and that, when he said that, it was like, well, that's, that makes so much sense of why it would help someone with PTSD or depression or something because their brain has just, yeah, like deep rooted these maybe depressed emotions maybe, or, or having flashbacks to this experience because it makes them feel like this or whatever, like all those pathways to emotions that are negative could then, you know, be changed. They could be different. The, the brain could go some other way to feel some other type of way about that experience like, or that it's moment. It's like a well-worn path and then yeah. it helps you walk another one. Yeah, absolutely. And I was just like, okay, like that makes so much sense of, yeah, why that could be really beneficial for any sort of treatment like that. Dude, which do, is you know, cool. do you know the stoned ape theory? A little bit. It's, very, this, very it's this theory that like in evolution wise, when we started off as monkeys, mm -hmm. um, the way we evolved was a monkey accidentally ate shrooms. Okay. This is like what Rogan talks about a lot, right? Yeah. Like really yeah, serious yeah. <laughs> that expanded consciousness. It's like a crazy yeah. theory, but like it low key kind of makes sense. <laughs> well, I think, I think when you look back again, who, who the hell am I? But I think when you, any little documentary or anything I've seen about ancient civilizations, it seems like they're always talking about crazy shit that would make sense if they're tripping on something. And we all like the psilocybin and like yeah. what, the, the, the toad, I don't know if you know I'm referencing there, but like there are all these yeah. ancient tribes that know all these medicines that are psychedelics. And it's like, you know, they were more spiritual with the earth, even oftentimes it seems like, you know, older tribes and, you know, say like native Americans or, or things like that. So, and they, you know, worship the sun maybe. So having something that makes them feel connected and have a different experience with the trees and the grass and the big open field or, or an animal they see or something like would make so much sense. I genuinely think if our our world would be so much better if the politicians just all took shrooms. <laughs> I'm not like I'm not even kidding. Like I really do think that's. Like, <laughs> Who said that? Uh, did Steve Jobs say that? I think he. I think he did say. That, yeah. I, I I don't know. I don't think he was you. I know we've been chatting a little bit, but I heard someone re else recently say that. I think it was Steve Jobs. There were it was an inside story. Yeah, I don't know if you heard the same thing, but probably. Probably. That's what I mean. After the first time I uh, took acid, took LSD. I, I wouldn't say like changed. I mean, I was like, I was pretty young though. So I was basically, I was a kid. I was 17. Yeah. So I didn't have like, the, I guess these real crises, crises or a big job or something to like change my, my thought. But I actually don't even know what I'm trying to say. It made me appreciate things, I think, more mm -hmm. that I liked, like specifically like music from Pink Floyd. It was, <laughs> it just, it just made you realize, yeah, like, I don't know, you can, you can experience something so differently in a, in a complete positive sense. It could be bad. Obviously some people have bad trips, but I, I never had that happen to me. Um, yeah. So it was nothing but positivity and good, good feeling, good vibes, good uh, memories. It's the mindset you go into with it too. Like if well, that's the in, thing. If you go in like vibing, you're going to have a good time. But if you go in scared or anxious. It's not yeah, that's kind of what you always hear. And that, that's why I think now, like knowing how much it could change my thinking in the next couple hours, uh, I would be a little more. Uh, probably definitely more hesitant of like who I'm doing it with 
yeah. where and like what you know what do i got coming up than i than i was back then it was both both one time it was planned the last time i did it it was planned the first time i did it completely unplanned the second time i did it also completely unplanned i just showed up at a friend's house and they're like hey we got this and i was like sure <laughs> let's fucking go <laughs> <laughs> let's go do this shit we're gonna go frothing we went frothing and it was actually a horrible idea because it was in minnesota you went what frothing like frisbee uh disc golfing do you know what that is no what is that i guess that's probably not a thing out here maybe maybe out in more country areas where, where are you from again? you're in the bay area right yeah east bay yeah i guess i haven't been up there i guess not but it's like uh it's disc golf is so think of like a golf course um not as open but like you can be through the woods and things but just picture a golf course i guess and instead of a hole there's like a there's like a pole with a chain basket around it and you your swing is you're throwing a disc that like flies through the air like a frisbee that sounds really fun yeah people love it oh people love it i liked it i did it a few times but people are all about it especially in minnesota it's really big and there was one of the you know best ones in like the state was pretty close to my parents house growing up where i grew up and um but yeah so like one toss is like a stroke you know and there's par it's like scored the same way as golf but so so for short people just call it frothing frisbee golfing that sounds i played uh i played it like golf but it was like just with like a giant soccer ball like inflatable soccer ball that you just yeah, like kick. i've seen that before too yeah i that, sucked that, at it i was so bad <laughs> i was so bad that looks fun it also what bothered me too is like how long you have to walk to like the next like section <laughs> <laughs> that's on this like regular golf course though isn't it they just changed the hole on no it was like a regular golf course yeah that's what i mean with the soccer ball they just changed the hole so it's a yeah. big hole right and you yeah. just didn't get a golf cart yeah so it was like yeah i've never done that i've seen that before though yeah it looks fun it's a lot of walking it was cool but uh when we did it we went frothing it was it was just after winter i believe so it was still cold and it like sleeted and the, sh the course was really short. So we literally like took these tabs, you know, just dissolves on your tongue, a little piece of paper. And we started tripping just as we were like done. <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> so we, cause this course only took us probably like 30 minutes, 35 minutes, maybe to go through. It was really, it was a really small one just around this little park. And then it was weird, though, because then we were in this park, which is surrounded by this neighborhood, and we're the only ones there. It's a really shitty day just sitting there in this van. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, we didn't want to drive. Yeah. Which this was this was probably the worst thing I ever did. We did I didn't end up driving, but we as a group ended up driving really short up the road to get, clo to get closer to one of the guys that were with us houses. We couldn't yeah. go back to his house because his dad was there, but we got... That's dangerous. We pulled though. into like a gas station. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that was probably the dumbest thing I did, but yeah. Not period, I guess, but while taking LSD. But got through it. Um figured out the rest of the night. But yeah, that second time was not the same as the first of like forgetting everything. So yeah. I don't know how I got back onto that, but all good. <laughs> <laughs> all fun. All in good times. But yeah, I'll, I'll keep you posted on the microdosing thing if you're curious. Yeah, because what well, my thing is, is like, where do you get it? <laughs> where did you get it from? The the church that I just told oh, you. Oh, you're right. I'm literally, and, I'm, I'm going to drive there after this. And oh, today? 
yeah i'm trying to <laughs> hell yeah dude for sure let me know um yeah. and are you gonna are you gonna just grind it up and like li- eat mushroom or are you gonna like boil it and make it into like tea and drink so i'm still trying to figure that part out um i think the easiest would probably to just grind it up and put it in tea uh you could put it in like little capsules you definitely have to yeah. measure it out first to make sure i've, it's I've not, seen like, people do that but um you definitely need to grind it up because the cap and like the stem could have different levels of psilocybin mm. in it so mm. to make sure it's all like uniform you grind it up together nice. um so yeah i'm trying to figure out i think tea is probably going to be the move at least at first yeah. like I, I put it all in like a little like ziplock or something and then measure out like to make sure it's like below psychoactive levels mm-hmm. and then um put it in like tea and drink that um i've heard some people freeze it in like chocolate or something um, yep. some people put it in just straight like little pill capsules Mm-hmm. so like you make your own pills basically um that would probably be the most efficient almost like you meal prep like <laughs> you meal yeah prep for like real the... got my chicken got my rice got my <laughs> rooms exactly perfect perfect dude i'm after this i'm also gonna like search up i didn't know that they made a combo air fryer and pressure cooker that sounds like so that sounds like the move. That's that sounds like the perfect thing for like meal absolutely. prep. Absolutely, absolutely. Rice and chicken. Honestly, I don't even know if chicken is healthy for you at this point because there's so many like alternative, um, uh, nutrition nutrition out there. Like there's the 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 Dr. Sean Baker. Do you know him? Was like the carnivore diet advocate. Advocate, yeah. Or, I don't know that, him as that, but I, I know the carnivore diet. He yeah, like he's he says like chicken's not really like doesn't offer any nutritional value for you. It's like red meat is where it's at and then you have the other side of the spectrum where they say like no meat is good for you the vegans yeah there's like the middle ground where they're like red meat is bad for you but lean uh lean white meat is good so it's like i don't i don't know what to listen to but i think it's damn these are the this is the same lesson for all these religion drugs your life i think it's it's up to the person not up to the person like what they want but i think it's different for every person how their body right would react to things Certainly, because yeah, some people say like uh, Jordan Peterson. I don't know if you know him. Yeah, he just eats straight just meat because he has yeah, an autoimmune disease. Though. Exactly, so that's yeah. like great for him. Or someone else, you know, I don't, I don't know what the circumstance would be. That'd probably be horrible for them, and they'd probably get sick and yeah. lose a bunch of weight and be completely unhealthy. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, then there's vegetarians. Like they eat no meat. So like, what's going on there? They're still surviving. Yeah. Like barely. <laughs> they're passing out from place to place <laughs> or is that vegans i don't know yeah. i don't know but uh yeah everyone and i remember it emphasized that really when i was getting certified to train because they were talking about like nutrition and obviously diet's really huge for fitness and how we're not really supposed to if we have clients without being certified as a dietitian either give nutrition advice we were supposed to tell them to seek out a dietitian but just how important it is per person to person like blood type matters what kind of food you know works with you and obviously if you have any probably diseases or autoimmune diseases or just anything like that like some people are lactose intolerant some people aren't like right all of that stuff so something's going to work for people and others it won't yeah Yeah. i don't know here's what it is (laughs) I'm out of questions at this point, honestly. Yeah. But <laughs> this is a good one, bro. This was, was a good one. Yeah. Thank you for making the time, bro. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me on, man. This was yeah. good. It was, uh, it, was, it was cool to see the other side. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, uh, I didn't have the pressure. Becoming a guest, right? Isn't it? It's kind of <laughs> nice. It's just like you just get asked yeah. questions, you just talk. Well, almost it almost felt weird. Like, like my instinct is just to want to like lead, I guess, a conversation. Like ask me questions. Yeah. yeah. 
but no it was all good but that makes for good. a good conversation too like if you ask questions it like kind of goes yeah. back and forth um, absolutely but yeah i um i'll definitely hit you up too when i'm in la we should link up and do like work on content and stuff that'd be for awesome sure for yeah. sure or at least brainstorm either if it's you know you're doing it and i'm just helping or i'm doing it you're just helping either yeah way. yeah yeah because I, I also i have like a podcast idea I'll, mm-hmm. I'll message you about it i'll I'll, uh, I'll send you my number on the on instagram Sweet. um but but yeah i have like this this like podcast idea i really want to do i think you, okay. you'd like it I'll, I'll let you know yeah definitely um, and i'll keep you posted on I, I told you i'd send you um the editing thing syncing the audio yes right? that's the big one can't forget then, that one uh, the percy jackson thing because you wanted to see it yes what was okay. the percy jackson thing again the, oh the video trailer, you made yes. Trailer, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah both of those yeah, yeah yeah absolutely and then let me know how the microdosing goes i will yeah i'm, I'm gonna <laughs> i'll let you know if i get like arrested or something as i yeah, that one's a work in, yeah yeah it's kind of it's, it's like scaring me, it's like a raid yeah you're talking but, to an undercover cop hopefully not but yeah all right man i'll keep you posted <laughs> thank you man thank you for yeah. having me. this is awesome for yeah real, dude thank you thank you for making the time again i appreciate you sweet dude have a good one you too bye bye oh oh, oh, oh. there we go <laughs>